Warning, it is the opinion of the Forestry Productions LLC and the Working Perspectives podcast that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You have been warned, so if you decide to listen to the recording, then don't complain about the language. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by the end of bad boy, Justin Richardson. And our guest today is the outstanding Aaron Rosenthal. J-Dub, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing doing swell. What's doing up? Swell. Good, glad to hear. Glad to hear your swell. (laughs) All right. So you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can hang out with us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. And finally, for the love of God, it's every day that I have to hear my wife's goddamn mouth about doing this damn show. So if you could please subscribe. And if you're already subscribed, then please click the like button for the algorithm so I don't have to hear her fucking mouth about doing this show. But other than that, let's get this thing started. Let's go. <laughs> it's our objective to be effective. By voice in societies Working perspective Exploring your day And how you get paid Launching a new episode Every Tuesday Your day can transform While we inform With new episodes available On every platform So check out our vibe And how we get live All right, Jalen Dub, long time, no see. JK, saw you last night. Let's talk about this. So, uh, Forestry Productions LLC will be soon bringing on a third show with Justin and our good friend Mike Haddonfield. Right? How do you say his last name? Hadfield. He likes he likes to go by Mickey, but uh, Mickey Hadfield. Mickey Hadfield, right? And uh, good. We won't give away too much, but we're in the we're in the process of recording it now. Super excited to get it out there. And honestly, it's uh, I know that we recently had a, a, a tiff with a sponsor that I you know aired publicly what had happened on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't say who the sponsor was, and I never will. But uh, we had aired publicly that we had lost a sponsor because they didn't like some of the language that was used on an episode of the Weekend Pop In. And I told them, well, that's what the people want. So when you come back, I'll take you. But for now, you can take <laughs> your deal and, and, you know, go walk your dog. Look, most of the people here who we interview attend, go to bars. You know, it's people. It's how you talk at a bar. It's how it's normal. It's uh, it's yeah. uh, you know. also it was like 
Well, our thing is we can be inappropriate and I think inappropriate is fine. We're adults. We clearly do not cater to children. We do not cater to minors. We cater to an adult demographic and we have a, a, a content warning prior to the episode so you can see it. Right. So if you get a problem with some of the language we use, then go fuck yourself. Right. (laughs) You don't have to listen. And we tell you that we curse so you can shove it. And I don't want to hear it. But either way, uh, back to Justin's show with uh, Mickey Hadfield. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Mickey Hadfield. Uh, It's going to be one of the things I like about it is that I am handcuffed because I do have an office job that I have to have to, you know, support my wife and children child i should say i don't have children i just have a child um but so i can't really say everything i want all the time because you know i don't want to get fired but justin and mickey do not have that problem and it's pretty goddamn funny say that right now (laughs) i mean hell if my job ever finds out about this podcast i don't know but i I mean we'll we'll cross our bridge when we get there yeah and i don't think you ever like there's nothing yeah if anything, say anything that offensive. Like, and it's all years ago. I haven't done any of this stuff in years. I'm a yeah, much, well, mild, much more mild citizen now. Yeah, statute of limitations is way past on anything that we've said. So, yeah, I mean, or anything that we've done. Also, I mean, I don't know. Would you get in trouble? Because you do hit your vape on 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 camera sometimes. It's just uh, it's nicotine, you know. Oh, it's just like smoking right. a cigarette. That's, yeah. You know what? That's my fault for assuming that. And I yeah, apologize. No. I just I look stoned all the time. I'm not always high. I just look high all the time. Right. Yeah, it's a thing. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a, you know. Yeah, it's a thing. So, all right. So let's keep it moving. So our guest today, Aaron Rosenthal, super excited to have him on. And I've said this before, and I mean this, right? So one of the ways I know that this podcast is fucking killing it is that I get certain people coming up to me and saying that they like the show right? Which is the best thing ever. And then also I have people coming up to me and after talking to them and I ask them to be on the show, they're willing to come on, right? So Aaron, when talking to him about the show, we had a couple of, uh, uh, so I know Aaron, me and him met at the Henzo Gray CPA Academy in Hatfield, right? I've talked about it a bunch on the show. It's a mixed martial arts gym, primarily Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but they also have boxing, which is what I teach. And then they have Muay Thai and wrestling and like everything you need for mixed martial arts to compete in the UFC and things like that. So I met Aaron there and we had had a couple guys from the gym on the show already. And they're really good episodes, really, really good stuff that you can check out on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast in our vaults. Um, but yeah, so when I was, t- you know, Aaron would see it because he'd hear from the guys. I would check out this episode. He watched it liked it one of the audio some of the audio on one of the episodes was messed up which i still hate to this day but you know you you live you learn you get loves couldn't lose the content (laughs) but um but when i was talking to aaron and i've talked to him before never got his full story but just you know in talking to him because he's a you know personable good guy like you know got to find out like hey this guy would be a hell of a guest to be on the show so when i asked him to be on the show and he agreed i was like over the moon because that was just another check mark of all right well, we're doing something good because we got good people that want to be on the show and listen to the show you know what i'm saying yeah it's good variety too good i'm always yeah. surprised every week dude dude i'll tell you i mean at time of recording i mean i might have to cut this but uh we at time of recording your episode just aired this week and yeah. next week 
we are interviewing the assistant vice president of my company that I work at, which is my company inter- or my company insured the Olympics, <laughs> right? So they got some money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and this guy's an assistant vice president and he agreed to be on the show, which is, it just fits our thing, right? Our whole thing, our whole mantra about entertainment. And I fucking believe this. And I got this from Eric Bischoff is that entertainment is like ice cream, right? Ice cream is delicious, but there's not just one good flavor of ice cream. And there's not just one good form of entertainment, right? Like there's times on the show when we're freaking, you know, when we have like an emotional story or a sad story or like a scary story or an uplifting story or an inspirational story. But most of the time, well, I mean, pretty much always we have a funny story because we're fucking hilarious, right? But, you know, just honestly, just what uh but like you know with our mantra with the ice cream i thought aaron would be a perfect fit for our mantra just another good flavor of ice cream right so that being said super excited that he agreed to be on the show and was tickled pink when he said he would come on i'm so happy to have him here and he's doing great and everything like that aaron before we get started i would just like to ask how do you like your cheetos crunchy or puffed so I'll go crunchy on that. Fucking goddamn right, you're gonna go crunchy. Yeah, baby, Team Henzo, right here. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> crunchy Cheetos for life. Yeah, I don't I like know how you... better. Oh God, how could you? How They're could terrible. you not? Did I figured? By the way, yeah. I'm a puff boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, dude. I mean, the only time I've ever liked puffed is when they're stale, so they get a little crunchy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, crunchy is the way to go. It's the only way to go. You know, Crunchy's changed the game. But yeah, so nice. How are you, Aaron? Thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm great, man. As uh, one of your thousands and thousands of big fans, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> uh, you're sitting with the assistant vice principal of bullshit. So <laughs> fire away. I don't know hey, how you're man. assistant vice principal fair, but yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, a, uh, I'm actually the uh, president of bullshit. And, uh, <laughs> See, uh, oh, I work for you. Yeah, president, president, <laughs> owner and manufacturer of <laughs> bullshit that's me but yeah man so nice to have you on the show thanks for coming on uh usually i would ask and you know historic moment for the working perspectives podcast because this would have been the first time i didn't lead off the uh the introduction of the guest with the infamous question have you seen the movie bohemian rhapsody what do you think of that piece of shit movie right which have you seen it and what do you think piece of crap no yeah, yeah. No. in fact, Cheetos, Cheetos are a piece of crap too. Everything's yeah, yeah. Puff, that's puff my answer. Cheetos. Yeah, he's the crap. Yeah, yeah. Puff no, Cheetos. No puff Cheetos are the Bohemian Rhapsody. Of, yes, of snacks. All right, yes, sir. So right. nice. Um, but yeah, so a historic moment. You were the first guest ever introduced on the Work Perspectives podcast that didn't have to answer the question about bohemian rhapsody instead we switched yes. it up with uh what kind of cheetos do you like and you answered that correctly so hats off to you thank nice. you nice yeah of course of course <laughs> so i want to get right into this we have a lot of really good stuff man super excited and this is something this is one of the things and i've talked about this before is that like the way the gym is the way the henzo gracie pa academy is right is that it brings a ton of people from different walks of life together you know what i'm saying and like uh, recently on the show, we had Mike Cadillo on the show, who I also met at the Hensel Gracie PA Academy. But then like 
when you go, so it, I'll tell you this, there is, it takes it, like, you got to have some screws loose to want to train at, you know, at Henzo's, but like screws loose in a good way. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of our guys are ex wrestlers or ex kind of like combat fighters, military, got a ton of military and cops in there and stuff like that. So, but you know, you got to kind of have a little love for some combat. So when you get all kinds of walk, all kinds of people coming in, but it really is great because you can connect with people. Like, I don't know, you know, had it not been for the gym, Aaron, I don't know if we would ever have met in the civilian world. You know what I mean? So no shot. Yeah. So, no it shot. Bring, yeah. So it bringing us to, you know, bringing us together and becoming friends, just one of the great things that the gym has provided but it is also like a cool thing where like now we can get another backstory on someone that normally we wouldn't have had. So to dive right into it, you were born in Beantown, a.k.a. Boston, right? Yes, sir. Yep. yep. Title the, town. The Windy City, the city that never <laughs> sleeps, the city by the bay, Boston. Uh, Love no. that dirty water. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, born in Boston and grew up in Newton, uh, which is for all of you podcast aficionados out there, is the hometown of the world's greatest podcaster, the one and only Joe Rogan. Ah, shit. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about it? I've heard Shout about that town, man. Yeah. Shout yeah, out yeah, yeah. Newton. Yeah. He said, like, on Rogan, he makes it out that Newton was like, you know, it had some like kind of working class dodgy areas, right? Is that the truth? Yeah. Or? So he was on the working, he actually was on my side of Newton, which was yeah. not, uh, but otherwise it's, you know, you tell people in Boston, you're from Newton. It's like, you're not a tough guy. Let me tell yeah. you. It's like, <laughs> you know, what are you so, late? Uh, you lace curtain. Yeah. I'm from Southie, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they can shove it. <laughs> But oh, yeah? right. <laughs> so uh grew up in Newton, right? And then you would move around a little bit um at, you know after your college and or after high school and everything like that. So you did public school till you were in seventh grade and then went to a boarding school for four years. So I want to talk about this. So you started in this public school. What was the reason for leaving public school originally to go to a boarding school? So actually, so I only did a, a, a two and a half years at the boarding school, but okay. it was um, so I wasn't a great student. Um, you know, I was uh, I was a lost kid. You know, I, I didn't have uh, I wasn't a great athlete at the time. And, um, you know, I just didn't have a lot going on. I wasn't great in school. So we decided I needed kind of a smaller class environment. Um, uh, I was acting up at home, you know, that kind of stuff. It wasn't yeah. like a military school, but it ended up being the greatest experience because you get that. I think there were like 20 kids and not even 15 kids in each class and made some great friends that I'm still friends with. And it's a unique experience. It was great, though. Dude, so that is so that is that is something I want to touch on, because like you would live at the school, right? Like, you would yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So, so the, the school, the school was, fortunately it was, you know, 20 minutes from my hometown. So it's not like they shipped me off, which right. was nice. So on the weekends I could go home, but yeah. So, uh, I, uh, we do classes. I did play sports. I wasn't good. You know, um, that's where I found wrestling and I excelled at wrestling because a lot of wrestlers aren't good athletes. They're just good wrestlers. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but you know, well, um, par partially so, yeah. it's kind of like John, John Crook had the best saying. He's, uh, you know, some lady had called him a good athlete and he said, he's like, I'm not an athlete lady. I'm a ball player, 
where it's yeah. like you know wrestlers have certain skills like if you look at like jordan for instance you yeah. know jordan is athletic and he's in shape and stuff like that but he's a fucking goober too you know what i mean <laughs> where it's like you know he's got he's just got like the solid muscle and like you know good balance which are great yeah. attributes to have but yeah he was super wrestling sorry i i broke you up go ahead keep going no, we're good. But put it this way. I wasn't playing basketball, so I found wrestling. But uh, so I did, you know, cross country. In the, I was addicted to wrestling, but I did cross country in the fall to get in shape for that. And then I played lacrosse and I was a tiny kid. I mean, yeah. I was wrestling 119 or whatever. And, and uh, so uh, without that in public school and I just felt lost, like my my town, like every other town, especially in Pennsylvania, I'm blown away here. But yeah. sports rules. Sports is king. So I kind of just didn't, I had great friends, but we were, you know, we were the group that was friends with everybody and we weren't the jocks and we weren't, you know, so yeah. it was kind of like, I was a lost kid. I didn't. So basically going to private school was the greatest thing in the world. Um, yeah. Just to kind of, I was a big man on a little campus basically yeah. when I got there. Big so, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a better, better term. And uh, so I, so I started getting A's at private school because nice. I got the attention. I got the recognition yeah. I needed in public school. You get, you know, th there's they're, little they're incentive. cattle. That's all yeah. it is. It's exactly. Cattle. Exactly. It. So, it, so it really at that point set me on the right path to know, like to make me feel good about myself and make me, you know, know if I work hard. I remember going on up on stage to get presented with awards for scholastic stuff, which you know, oh. I'm, a, I'm a dumbass. So it's like, but that you know, wasn't like, you're saying like in public school, you just don't think like you would have had the opportunity to to achieve that type of success, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was a very, very shy kid, believe it or not. So I was yeah. raised by my mom, single mom. You know, I had a brother and it was uh, so public school was overwhelming for me. And yeah. uh, so I just would never raise my hand. I would never, you know, my head was always down. I was yeah. slumped over. So uh, going to private school where everybody you get a little more attention and everybody's uh really on your side it was great because again big you know big fish small pond and you know i was the guy you know and so it was great so it's fun well no that's yeah. awesome so that's another thing too where like you so you know single mom that's a tough tough shout too plus you're the oldest child as well oldest child greatest mom in the world though i yeah. love her Oh, She's yeah. Great. Yeah. No, I'm so, yeah. No, yeah. I 100% I yeah. agree with you. But yeah, there is a lot more responsibility and pressure put on you as being the oldest child of a Absolutely. single parent. You know what I mean? And Justin, you had had that similar situation for a while as well, where it is tough, where it's like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if you like you could tell those kids that kind of didn't have like a male influence. Right. Where yeah, it's like. That you know yeah that and there's a big difference like my brothers went i had three older brothers who went to private school so there was like ah. i don't know 400 kids in their graduating class and then yeah. i went to public school there was 1100 in my graduating class yeah. so like my brother knew every single person in his grade and i can name nine people from my graduating class yeah yep. yeah and it was yeah. a completely different world like i was like yeah yeah it's, it, it's a whole different world the same but, thing too the both of us had single moms and stuff so like it's the you come home like to an empty house and you have like the relationships you make with most the uh, people you go to school with mm -hmm, makes a big yeah. difference do you see like you know and we've talked about this on the show and i know it's like i hate that i keep bringing it up but it is something that's true whereas like i went to catholic school right and in catholic school i didn't have a male teacher until i was in ninth grade so i'm 14 years old right 
So as for like the development of young men, it's not good, right? I don't think it is at all. And there's been a couple guys we've had on this show who've had like father figures that were laxed and things like that, that really get, like developed a bond with a coach or a teacher, a male teacher, a male coach at a young age. Right. And like we even said it on just on your episode, we talked about Mr. Matzinger and, and yeah. uh, you know, a couple yeah. other te male teachers and things like that. Did you get that relationship? Like, I'll say this. My dad left when I was 15. Right. And even like for years later, going down, like, you know, even working at like bars and restaurants, if there was like an older guy there, I'd always latch on like to that guy and like take advice and talk to him and like tell him things like, you know, like, you know, just have like good talks and stuff with him and things like that. And I knew in my mind, I was like, it's a, you know, attempting not a replacement of a father figure, but, you know, the the wanting of a father figure. Did you ever have that kind of thing, Aaron, where it's like, you know, when you had a male teacher or something like that, where you kind of latched on and did that help you like open up your personality a little bit more or? Yeah. So um, I was, as you're talking about this, I'm trying to think and I'm probably forgetting somebody, but um, I don't remember really having, like I had a big brother at some point. He was a great guy, but I never, I don't remember having anybody that really, was uh what do you mean like a, like a stepbrother big brother like no like a big brother i do have stepbrother uh half brothers by the way j-dub like you but um yeah uh yeah so um but that wasn't until later i was i think 13 when the first one was born but um yeah so yeah. i don't i don't ever remember having i remember my wrestling coach um at, at private school mr ram was a great guy and i think yeah. we but you know other than that i remember my mom really being the person um, oh, for and, sure. you know, I, I, and as, as an older person, maybe a little older than you guys, I, I don't necessarily know that not having a father figure in my life, it definitely messed me up when I was younger, something fierce because yeah. you see all these other kids, but yeah. at, at this age and what's important to me in life, I really almost think it was to not you know different dads are di other different than other dads, but to not have like you know, a hard ass, like dad on my back, you know, did those kind of dads, I almost think it gave me like an, an empathy towards people that really is like, in this day and age with what's important to me, I think it made me a softer, kinder person, kinder yeah. person. And, you know, um, and then I think it took a little of people taking advantage of that to me, for me to become a little bit of a harder person on my own. Right. So, you know, now I, if you want to take advantage of it, then we're going to, you know, yeah. talk, but it's, uh, so yeah. yeah, that's, that's my tough words of the day. Cause <laughs> no, it's no, I dude, I, well, I you think that's yeah. no, but I think as a, an adult male, right. That's something that you eventually have to come to grips with and something that you do have to learn. Like, like I've been taking advantage of too, because I'm a nice yeah. guy. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. but there is a point where you're just like, this shit fucking stops now. Even if it's like, yo, I know we've all been taken advantage of by a chick. Right. Not even let's not even fucking let's go, you know, like, come on, we've <laughs> all been there. Right. But it's like you're but it's also like I think that's one of the great things about the gym is that the gym helps restore that confidence as well, where it's like, fuck you, I ain't taking your shit. You know what I mean? Like you do need like don't get me wrong. Always lead with kindness and, and being polite and everything like that. A hundred percent agree there. But fucking if someone if someone tries to take advantage of your kindness, that's the kind of shit I do not stand for. And I think that like that's what makes me so goddamn angry. But 
you know, we'll talk about that some other time. So yeah. what do you think then was one of the things that attributed to you, like opening up your personality at the private school? Do you think it was just like, there wasn't as many people. So like the kind of like you got, you was more camaraderie because you were less people. It was a tighter group. And you like, you kind of like, you know, like to be like, you would make that place your home, right? Like you're living there. Like that's your place. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the type of kids that were attracted to this type of private school. So first of all, it was some, some of them weren't great students. They were in my boat, but then you had, believe it or not, half the kids were international kids. So it was, I was already just being (laughs) from here and speaking the language. Great. I was already in that 50% of people who was going to be cool anyway, but it was at the time, but um, it was, uh, I think anybody, the seniors for whatever reason, because I was a small kid and I was, I was, I used to, hunch over like make myself as yeah. invisible as possible yeah. i think these kids thought i was like cute and like they but it wasn't like public school where you get put in a locker it was yeah. more like we're taking this kid as our mascot so they yeah. used to call me first nickname i was ever given it's aaron rosenthal so so one of the seniors the cross player big kid like nicest guy in the world he took he like befriended me and uh used to start calling me rosie so like all the senior girls were like, oh, he's so cute. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so from there, you know, I just already, I automatically got clout with the freshmen because the sure. seniors were like, cool. And then I guess basically the fact that these, that it was a smaller school and I don't think like clicks and looks and all that stuff really made you popular. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what did I think, but, um, but the fact that they took me under their wing automatically gave me clout. So moving through the the subsequent years, I was just you know, Rosie, you know, it's like, yeah. so it was great. Yeah. Dude, it's no, the that, first time actually. It was great. That is great. Plus you like, I'll say this, that's one of those things where I don't think that would happen in Pennsylvania, especially not in the Philadelphia area, <laughs> just because kids are so, like, people here are such we were, fucking assholes, right? We like, monsters. Well, like, yeah. here's the difference though. If it was a neighborhood thing, right? Like I had kids like that in my neighborhood and we looked out for them. You know what I mean? Because like when you went to school and Justin, I think you would agree with this. It was like, yeah. And like when we would like hang around here, like we were all buddies and things like that and stuff. And then, but when you went to school, it doesn't matter your age. We're all together kind of thing. Right. Like if, you know, and I feel like there are some kids, you know, maybe not like not to your extreme though, because it would, it was like, all right, this is so-and-so's little brother or this, so, this is someone else's there was, friend. Yeah. Whatever, there was like always that. like, yeah, there was always like one kid who like didn't get it. And like, we would be nice to him just because like, we, we knew the world was going to destroy him. So like, we tried yeah. not to like add yeah. to it. We were yeah. like, this yeah. kid has no idea what's going on. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't like, they, it sounds like, like, this is like, it sounds like it was it also, was this school co-ed? Of course it was. I'm not going to boys' school, buddy. What are you talking about? <laughs> dude, yeah, of course that's, it was. Well, that's yeah. crazy. If you like, dude, you. I mean, like, we, we can cut this I, if you want, but I you think, guys must have been way, fucking think, slapping, fucking think, slapping backs, and you know, like. Crazy. So I think I think there were two girls' dorms and one boys' dorm because I don't think as many guys were boarding. There. I'm not kidding. Man. It was Bro, it's great. It's great. You must have yeah, been fucking not, so women in the. Pussy so can there. I? So oh can I tell God. you again? small nerve small shy kid i had yeah. you know, it was uh i didn't peak until 
18. If you want to do another show on my 20s of bartending, I can, <laughs> yeah. got some oh. files for you. Hey, man. I'll, <laughs> hey, I'll be, hey, we can do it. Yeah, I'll tell yeah, you we'll what, if I, if, I was, if I wasn't married, I might yeah. fucking take you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, so nice though. But dude, it's like a place where, you know what, that shows to the like the leadership of the older kids in that school where it's like, we're not, because I'll tell you, especially back then, like it was the cool thing to be a dick. It was the cool thing to pick on the little guy back. Then, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. But these kids saw it as like, Hey, we're not going to pick on this guy. We're going to bring this guy up. We're going to let this guy get some pride and, and, you know, put his shoulders back and, and, you know, show his true self, which turned out they ended up liking. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just think that that's like, you know, that is a very lucky situation that you got there would never happen in Philadelphia or the Philadelphia area, which is a shame. But, you know, that's great, though, that that like that that is awesome that you got to experience that. So you were there. Right. And then so you're there and that's when you started wrestling and for the first time. Right. Mm -hmm. So so what you said, you also did lacrosse and cross country, but was lacrosse and cross country kind of just to stay in shape for wrestling? Yeah. So I found, so unlike Pennsylvania, which I'm finding out, I don't tell people I ever wrestled here because they start when they're four. What did Jordan start when he was a half year old, but it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I started when I was, uh, I think I was six. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about this. So we didn't have a wrestling program in my junior, junior high. There was no youth wrestling program, probably within 15 miles of my town. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the tougher towns would have a youth program, but, uh, mm-hmm. so freshman year, I decided I want to do a sport. I'm a small guy and I go out for wrestling Yeah, and I, man, it changed. It just, it, I mean, you, you know, changes you. we don't Absolutely. need, we don't need to spend time on this because it's just, oh, uh, we'll uh, spend all the it, fucking time we need, but it's a, uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it's the same story from everybody, but it really changes your life. So I found that now I'm killing it in school. Now I have this sport. Meanwhile, I'm a heavy kid at that point, like a, ch- a chunky small kid. Oh, uh, uh, so you just had your baby fat on you then. You just yeah, had to trim yeah, out. I, yeah. Yeah. So but what it taught me was discipline. It yeah. taught me, I mean, uh, it, not even the diet part of it, but just the discipline. And then I, I fell in love and I knew. So I was always thinking about wrestling, always thinking about wrestling. And then school uh, and then wrestling season ended. And I did lacrosse, but always, you know, um, so it really gave me something that I could be proud of. I remember every time you pin a kid, you get one of those big diaper pins. And so I got, so meanwhile, private school. So I'm varsity freshman year at 125 because it's not a, so it's great. So I remember I used to wear that sweatshirt around all everywhere I went and you'd have baby pins on your, and I'd be like, pin, pin, pin. It was the greatest thing for a small, shy kid, single mom. Like it, it just, I mean, well, plus two, like plus two, you're, like, dude, it, like, especially that age when kids were growing, because I was a late bloomer as well, where it's like you see all these kids like shooting up and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Why am I like? And like, there's all like there's a lot like especially at that age, everything's competitive and everything's there's so much masculinity and things like that. And, you you know, you do have to earn your stripes sometimes. But you having that mantra of being like your identity was found like, oh, no, this kid might be like a little short, but he's a tough fucker, man. Look, at he's a wrestler and like. You know, and you were able to like build discipline and get all these things. I'm telling you, it like people understand like how because it is tough. It is a grind, but it's also the fairest sport in the world, right? It is the most fair, right? There's no other sport where you're going to go against the guy that's the exact weight 
and like you know close to the same size you obviously there's some height things and things like that but you're the same weight that you're going to go against right like you have you have the same amount of ability to train and make weight as the person you're going against and if they train more then they'll win right so it really is i mean yeah no we we do big up wrestling on this show which you should because it's probably i mean it's you know that's that that sport will affect your life more than any other sport and i firmly believe that but the last thing i'll say on that is this particular school had to happen to be very artsy also so there were a lot of arts kids that so the seniors being in a boarding school seniors were sneaking off into the woods smoking joints and i could have easily as a non-athlete and i was also an artist i was a good artist so i could have easily not that these kids were bad kids or not that it's bad to you know but uh yeah Yeah. so but i could have easily popped out smoked a dude i might have inhaled you know in college but it's i could have been starting that at a younger age and not found wrestling and then still been that introverted little kid yeah. but walking around paranoid now because i don't do well <laughs> dude you are dude yeah. you couldn't be more right yeah dude so. and it's it keeps you on the straight and narrow absolutely man dude i'm happy for you that's awesome and it's good that it's another just positive story that wrestling has there are don't get twisted we've we i mean i've told some negative wrestling stories on this show but there's some there's some positives too so that's awesome plus i mean Dude, I'll tell you this. This is something, and we had talked about this recently on another show on on the pop in. Uh, well, somewhat recently, within a couple months. But uh, you know, in England, if you go to England, right, they have show or they have schools over there that are specifically designed. Like, if you're a kid and you're like, I want to be an actor, or I want to be a playwright, or I want to be a writer, or whatever the fuck it is, they have schools. They're like, okay, instead of going to public school, just go to this school, and it's whatever. You know, like you can just get into it. That's what they do. Right. That's why, like, some of the best performers, actors, singers, whatever, come from England. Right. That's it. They're incredible. So this, to me, it seems like it was were your school more towards like the theatrical arts or like art or drawing or whatever, like or all art in general was this. These, these guys were more art, like probably became artists i mean they were really yeah. talented so actually yeah. going to the school i was a decent artist and i got yeah. there and realized i was a shitty artist and that's <laughs> when i started wrestling. so maybe i owe that to these kids being such great artists and then yeah. you know and then uh you know i started wrestling so Dude, that's great. one thing i like there's some things i just fuck like i can't play music to save my life right i can't draw or really write for shit right like i like my, my you know my uh my handwriting and whatever it's all terrible and if Same. I can't draw anything, it's awful. Those are some of the things like I wish like I could do. You my know? brother, yeah, my brother can't play a sport, but can play every single instrument. Can has like beautiful. I failed handwriting. My dad used to freak out and be like, "How do you fail handwriting?" I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I'm just bad at it. Like, you should have told my dad in ten years. They're not even gonna have this. So like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> Yeah. but he can play he can play every instrument he can draw he can do everything i can't do you know Who, I can't brad or mike? my life yeah brad brad All can right. draw shout out brad, brad. big fan love that guy drums guitar piano he can play every instrument yeah. i can't play one instrument i can play the recorder all right also too i heard word on the street is he's pretty good in bed so there you go he's got that as well <laughs> he's a coxman the ginger coxman no, you, don't see right. it. you don't see it all the time no you don't you rarely do so you never see it coming yeah nice so okay so let's keep this moving then so you went to the boarding school like you said two and a half years right 
And then Correct. after there, you would go back to the public school and you would junior, senior year at public school. Is that right? Yeah. So I, um, so I was doing great at private school. I loved wrestling so much and I was excelling in at private school and we were in the worst division. I mean, I was excelling against preppy kids, whatever. Yeah. So I said, I said, um, I told my mom, I really like to go to the public school to wrestle. Yeah. Um, so I'd be going in at my junior year. And she said to me, if you'd really like to do that, I'll help you buy a car because we're going to be saving so much money on this private school. Oh, <laughs> so she actually paid for half my car. Because nice. <laughs> so, I think I think she thought I was ready. And um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, I, she, I, so she knew the boarding school was to help you get out of your shell. Right. Yeah. And at that point, I was, you know, uh, things were just better. I was older. I was, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you're excelling so. in, in athletics, you're excelling in, in scholastic and grades and all that too. Like, so yeah. this really was like this, this, this boarding school really changed your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also my mom wanted me to be a happy kid. You know, she just wanted the best for me. So when I approach her, it was never like, you're going away to military school. Like I said, so when I approach her and said, I really love wrestling, I love this wrestling thing. I want to give it a shot yeah. in public school. Um, yeah. you know, so that's, uh, that's why I made the move basically. Did you have any friends that went to the public school? So I, again, when I left junior high school, I was a small little kid. So I, I don't even remember, I guess I had a couple friends, yeah. um, you know, that were still there, but at that point we had grown apart. Yeah. Um, so, but my brother who is two grades younger than me was the best looking freshman at that school <laughs> the most talented athlete at that school yeah. so i Blessing walked in, in i walked in as micah rosenthal's brother oh. so any junior so it wasn't like you know at private school walking in like that little kid and the seniors like immediately accepted me uh, hey I just, rosie i wasn't yeah. a spaz yeah when i got to south I remember the first day I'm in like the common room and this kid comes up to me as a popular kid and he goes, Hey, you're Micah Rosenthal's brother. Right. And I go, yeah, I'm Aaron. What's up? He's like, all right, you come here. I'll show you around. Like it was that kind of thing immediately. Wow. And he goes, you're, Oh, and I think my brother also told these guys that I was some badass wrestler. Oh, <laughs> so nice, so nice. I get there and the, the guys from the wrestling team come up to me and go, so I heard you're going to wrestle. So I had this reputation. Meanwhile, I wasn't a good wrestler, so, no. so, but I, but I had heart. I mean, I was a decent wrestler, but I had heart. So Dude. these guys, my, I guess my brother talked me up enough. I came in right at the beginning. I did a couple of months. So he had already been at the school. I came in, you know, with enough of enough clout that I was immediately, yeah. you know, on the team. Into it. So, yeah. yeah. So did um, you make varsity at the public school? I did. Cause I nice. was, and let me tell you, I got, I got challenged for wrestle loss every single friggin' week. And hey, people man. would drop to my weight class because I was the lowest the hanging guy. fruit. Yeah. But let me but I but I held the spot all year. I mean hey, for, good. Dude, you know, that's yeah. people don't realize it's every week you, like you know, at most schools, it's like unless you're fucking, you know, returning state champion, not a lot of people yeah. are gonna rest you off. But there's yeah. a lot of times where it's like you're fighting for that varsity spot every week. So you literally have two matches, you know, like every like you know, we would have like two to three dual meets a week or whatever. So it's every week you have like three, you know, you know, three extra matches if you're wrestling off before every meet, you know what I mean? So nice. So good, man. Glad to hear. So then you're at this new school. I I will say this, right. As far as prep school wrestling goes, it gets kind of like, it's like a double standard, right? 
So when we would like the team I was on was nationally ranked the, the when uh for when the three years I was there, we were nationally ranked every year, right? And so when we would do that, like they would put us up against other nationally ranked teams. So we would like wrestle dual meets against like the number one teams in the nation and stuff like that. And we would see them at tournaments and stuff. And I remember like there's this one team, it's called Blair Academy, right? And they're known as like the best high school wrestling at least back then they were like consistently the best high school wrestling team in the country but the thing is with prep schools they can recruit right so like if you were a public school it was just like these are the kids that are around here maybe some drive a little further than others but that's just the way it is but with the like you know the prep school it's like you know who like they can just cherry pick whatever but the thing was, there was like some prep schools that are just that were fucking garbage. So it was like either you were fucking the best school or you were fucking dog piss. Right. There wasn't anything in between. So but like, you know, if you met a kid that was a prep school state champion, I would be like, all right. You know what I mean? Like it was just like because there was two different states for that. There was the public school states, which were legit. But then if you were a prep school state champ or like at that point, you could be a prep school national champion where it's like, if you're a national champ, you're probably on one of the good teams. But if you're a state champ, you know, if you're the prep school state champ from West Virginia, you fucking suck. You know, I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, but yeah, so either way, so you're in wrestling. So you fucking, you fend them all off. You keep your spot. You do your thing. Glad to hear it. Right. You're wrestling there. How was it going back into public school and, and jump back into there? Also, is this when you started working at the hardware store? Oh, yeah. So we can uh, back it up. I started working at that hardware store in junior high school at 12 years old. So, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. So you yeah, were yeah. the little fucking pudge ball. Tiny. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you're working at the hardware store. So pudge these... ball. Easy, pal. All right. Sorry. Pudge. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Ball. No, so you were this little so you're this little kid with some baby, some baby yeah, fat yeah, on yeah. you. Right. Yeah. You're this little, you know, this little yeah. preemie. And you're yeah, walking yeah, yeah. around. Keep, like it, up. Keep <laughs> it up. <laughs> I'm kidding. So you're working at the hardware store at a young age. And I'll tell you what, I remember like I would work at a, like I started working at a restaurant when I was 12. Right. And they fucking ate it up. They like the clients that would come in, the customers, oh, yeah. they would love it. Love it. Cause it was an Italian place. And I, you know, I didn't know back then that I was Italian, found out now that, you know, 23 and me, my mom, my uh, grandma wasn't faithful. So, you know, part Italian, what are you going to do, mad own? So either way, um, but like they would see like, you know, this young kid at this restaurant and the customers would eat it up. Like, look at this little guy and people are, like sliding your money and things like that. But at the hardware store, like if you knew your stuff, they probably just fucking loved seeing you there. Right. Yeah. So I think so. Greatest job ever. And I learned a lot. I think from 12 to 14, they were trying to hide me so that they didn't get in trouble for having a 12 year old there. So <laughs> I was in the basement. I was in the, like, yeah. the, they had like a garage next door, like hauling 40 pound bags of into the store, oh. right into the basement, yeah. right back to the way, you know, they kept me pretty hidden. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember I used to make keys. I used to repair screens. Um, nice. And I was a hard, man. I was a hardworking kid. I still but, am. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, but dude, that's great. So they're teaching yeah. you all this like great stuff. And like I, I had a buddy, uh, former guest of the show, friendly show, Jason Bowers. He worked at a hardware store for like. I listened years. to him and he, he yeah, I listened you know, to that. Dude, yeah. he knows like 
he he still knows everything right yeah you know what i mean and like like because people legit come in asking like hey i got this rap joint that needs a two by four with the skidamac and the swagadoo and he's like oh go check the mingamadags and whatever you know what i mean so it's like who the like you know so like you get like it's a real like working there is almost like another education in a way because you're learning all this stuff which is awesome you know so did you like working at the hardware store or what it was it was the best i mean it was the best job it was uh First of all, the smell, you know, it's hard to recreate yeah. because those true values that Home Depot doesn't have that smell. It's like, the same. It, yeah, it was like, take a Home Depot and put it in a small room. And yeah. Then you get the smell. There yeah. was this little yeah. row homes of shops in North Wales and they had a, a hardware store. You could enter from the yeah. back and the front and it was there forever. And we used to steal wooden dowels out of there and turn them into <laughs> like, um, you know, half stick ball, ball sticks. Oh, yeah, 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 stick ball. And the one day we were in there and he's like, I know you steal those every day. And I, was, I looked at him. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, that's it. I'm like, have a good day. What's well, a wooden down? It was K&A. It's just a long wooden stick, you know? Oh, okay. Like, like a, those flagpole looking things. And they would right? have like different diameters. Like sometimes they'd have the real thick ones. Sometimes they'd yep. have like the half thick ones. But either way, we would I would like pay for the electrical tape and then yank the dowel on the way out <laughs> and then wrap the shit out of it. We'd play half ball with it. And uh, but the smell of that, because it was you're right, it's a whole yeah. depot shoved into like a, a 10 by 10 store. <laughs> what is yeah. it like, smell? It like what like everything. cut wood or whatever? Like, like rubber and wood and yeah. oil. Cause it had ev- like dude, I used to we used to go in there all like my dad took me in there when I was a kid, and then when my dad wasn't around, I still just went in there because that's like where you got stuff. Yeah. And um, you could go in there for hours. Like when, when I got a little older, they had all the, the piping pieces. You could make bowls for weed out yeah, of those. Nice, things. nice. Yeah. We used typical, to buy those. typical Lansdale kid here. Oh, I tagged him like when I, I first the, met him. North Wales. Yeah. Yeah, North Wales. Uh, sorry. Yeah, North Wales yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, like green yeah. in there. They had everything you need, yo. <laughs> you can make a, we made potato guns out of that thing, yo. <laughs> Um, yeah, great. or one buddy made a potato gun out of that thing, and we used to fire that joint down A Street. Dude, potato guns were the best. All from K and I think it was K and A hardware. It was K and something hardware, but it was awesome. It's it's probably the exact place you're talking about because it was yeah. so condensed. Like the aisles were packed with yep. stuff. Yeah, and you could spend a day in there just being like, "What is this? What is I know. this?" It's great. Was it on Sumney Town? Right, yeah, right on Sumney Town, by like, where the pharmacy is. Yeah, it was literally a block away from the pharmacy. Yeah, and they had they sold the remember the pinky balls? They sold racket balls in there, like right in the front. Yeah, Yeah. it's Uh, like it's uh, it's like it's it's on the same kind of strip now. Papa Joe's was right. Yeah, down a little further. It's now the it's now the North Wales Running Company thing. Oh wow, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, but that used to be a crazy packed (laughs) hardware store. I know they're all gone. It's a shame, but most it was are, awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I know, yeah, I yeah. Know that smell. that smell, dude. Yeah, I know. It's great. I know. I'm glad Man. you knew. I yeah. wish, I wish, you know what? That's a genius idea for a candle to break into the male demographic, right? Yeah. If you could harness <laughs> the male yeah. hardware store candle, would you yeah. not buy a candle? It kind of smells 100%. like some depot, but then imagine if you could shove yeah. all the aisles into like one, it's like yeah. the rubber and the plastic and the everything. Yeah. 
If know. you find one, Jada, like it, they're still around somewhere. There's if one I ever Lansdale, find them. Yeah, Wilson's, right? Wilson's Isn't Wilson's? Is still open. I, yeah. yeah, Wilson's and Lansdale is. Yeah, still Matt, open. go in there and a little go in there and take a big whiff. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> Wilson's cut in half. I'm gonna talk to Jay about this and be like, yeah. "Hey, uh, hardware stores, what do you yeah. think of the smell?" You know? Yeah, but nice. Okay, no. so let's keep it moving then. So. Uh, you finish out high school. How was that? Like, did you have a, did you wrestle both junior and senior year? So, yeah, I wrestled both junior and senior year. It, it turned out the move, I guess it, my mom always kind of regretted it. I didn't, but I didn't excel academically <laughs> in public school. I kind of, you know, it's also yeah. junior and senior year. So yeah. meanwhile, you're, you're, you know, ha- it, you're having fun and hanging out. At this out. point, I'm recognized. There's parties, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. so it's. Um, There's also yeah. women. I mean, yeah. come yeah. on. I know. Yeah. Again, I'm, you know, I didn't I didn't blossom until later on in life. So I was still yeah. a still a shy kid. But hey, I, I call it like it is, so, you know, hey, man. but uh, you, you I didn't hey. either. Yeah. Yeah. Shame in yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. No hey. shame. I mean, I same, crushed man. it for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> Better you got you got it at the you got the good end of it, man. We yeah, weren't yeah, trying yeah. like, would you rather you know, would you rather get some HJs in middle school or get the fucking yeah. full Monty exactly. at the bar when you're 23? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's fucking worth the weight over here. You know? I hit a home run before I got to first base. Hey, <laughs> the fucking grand salami over here. Love it. So nice. Yeah. Uh okay. So, so then let's keep it going. So yep. you graduate from uh, high school, right? Yep. And then once you graduated, were you accepted to NYU right away? Was that the first place? Yeah. So I got accepted to NYU. I mean, I don't know how, but uh, so I got accepted to NYU, went to, um, I, had, I actually had a great guidance counselor. I wrote a great recommendation. She wrote a great one, blah, blah, blah. But I got, <clears throat> got into NYU and went to New York City to NYU. Damn. So now yeah. that's pretty like that's a fucking cool experience. So you're at NYU. What was it like there? How did you like it? Like what was going down? I mean, so se- you know. seven, 17 years old, small kid still. <sighs> yeah. And I didn't, I was supposed to go with my best friend from high school and his uh, dad, who I'm not really happy with, uh, backed out last minute because of money. So he ended up going to Ithaca. But either way, I'm in New York City alone. It was a great experience. It was overwhelming. Back yeah. then, you know, the, the guy at the end of the hall, the dorm was just printing fake IDs. So I went to any bar I wanted in the village. Yeah. I went was to the jazz RA. Yeah. What's that? Was the RA print, printing fake? Oh, just like a guy, no, you know? No, yeah. just, yeah, not the RA. That's a great racket, though. <laughs> but uh, dude, I mean, yeah. if you're print, dude, printing fake, fake IDs back in the day, we're like when you because if you could get into that, I remember uh, uh, former guest of the show, former co-host of the show, the party boy, party boy, Pete McCormick. He had a fake ID that was absolute garbage, but it fucking uh, worked yep. everywhere. Yep. Right. It was like I forget. Dude, I think it was like from Oregon or something like terrible, oh. like just such a, it was an out of state ID. Right. That he went to like this place that like knew they were making fakes and it said like not valid identification on it. And he it would work everywhere, dude. Everywhere. Uh, we my buddy could get one. So when we were seven, 16, 17, my buddy get ones that could scan. Like, remember when IDs, when cigarettes yeah. started to become 18, yeah. like really 18, like gas stations would stop selling to 15 year olds. Yeah. Um, 
you they'd swipe it. My boy could get ones that would swipe. So like we could go to the bars in Maniunk at like 19 and they would swipe through the reader and work, you know. Yep. And I was like, and then like 9-11 happened. And we're like, how is this still possible? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like the FBI is gonna catch on to us now. Dude, I remember so I had when I would work the door, right? And I knew someone had a fake. What I would do was, is I had, God, I guess it was like the Android. It was like, it was called the Android. I think it was the Android 2 phone. And it had the keypad that would slide up, right? Like I never used it. I always did the touchscreen, but it was one of those ones where it's like, you can slide it up and it had like the keyboard underneath, you know? Right. So what I would do was if I knew it was a fake, right? I would slide up the keyboard a little bit and swipe it on my phone, right? And then I would like hit like the thing so the light would pop pop on on my phone. I'd be like, sorry, this is fake, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh gosh, geez, Bob. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to double away? You know? But yeah, so nice. Okay. So you're at NYU and this, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, so you're at NYU. We know what kind of school NYU is. It's a big time sports school. All right. Sports, sports, sports all the time. NYU. Uh, but no, it's uh, you're at NYU and you work at a, <laughs> you work at a movie theater uh, in Manhattan. And it was like an independent movie theater called Quad Cinema. Is that right? It was called the Quad Cinema, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. So you're working there. And were you uh, like a ticket taker and an usher kind of thing? What was going on? Yeah, I think it was this, well, it was the same, again, a small theater. So I would take tickets sometimes. Other times I'd be sweeping up popcorn. Oh, it was yeah. the same job. So I would take the ticket. And then when the movie was playing and nobody was coming in, I would go, or when the movie ended, I would go and sweep up all the popcorn for the next showing. Yeah. That was basically it. Dude. Um, honestly, I miss, like, that's one thing. I fucking loved going to the movies. I've always loved it. Even as a kid, yeah. absolutely loved it. The movies, it is, like, especially when you're younger, it's, like, it is a magical place, man. I, know. I fucking loved it. Like, yeah, especially it's going too, away, yeah. unfortunately. But How, Was that movie theater, too, like, one of those cool old-looking ones, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's in the middle middle of, uh, I mean, I guess it was, it was Manhattan. Manhattan. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but it was, so obviously you don't get a lot of retail space anyway. So yeah. it was, uh, I forgot how many screens. I think they had four screens, and it was, uh, it was like, um, and they weren't big screens. It was an yeah. independent film theater. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, so it was great. Would you like, were there any celebrities coming in or what? Yeah. So I never, so I don't remember, I'm sure there were. And I, I remember seeing somebody that I knew from my town that was an actress. So they, they were coming in, whether I recognize them or not. Um, but I'm sure there were more than I saw there, but, yeah. um, you know, I don't remember seeing anybody where I was like, man, that's, you know, whoever. Yeah. Oh, fuck, Leo. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Yeah, Leo. Yeah, yeah what's <laughs> up? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, okay, so I did want to ask about this. So when you're working at the movie theater, you would befriend a person, right? Yes. A little I'm glad person. you asked me. Oh, and so let's, uh, so how did you meet this guy? What was the deal? What was your guy's relationship like? Let me, let me hear about it. So this guy was a, so I'm, I'm, you know, taking tickets to the movie theater, again, small, shy, 17-year-old kid. Sure. This guy was probably a 40-year-old little person. Yeah. Yeah. And he used to, uh, you know, we had 
you know, the, the usher vest with the bow tie. Yeah. So like, it oh, really like, awesome. It, but it really like, it, you know, it's like the back in those days, it really like, it was just a great, it was a great visual. I have of this guy. What Was it maroon but, and white were the colors? You know, I don't, I remember having, play, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. So you guys so, are, you're in your getup, you got the tie, you got the vest, you're with your yeah. little person. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. Person. Go yeah. ahead. My little person. Everyone should have a little person, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't sure. they? So, so anyway, but this guy, for, for whatever reason, I forget where we'd go after after we get off our shift together. And my my memory of this is that there was no manager there. This is how my brain's working, but it's just me and him taking tickets because it's not a big place. So obviously there are people working the popcorn. There's a manager, but I don't remember any of them. But he um, would walk me after work, we'd be both walking the same way. And he really befriended me in terms of like, I'd say, Hey, I need this. He'd go, you got it. This is a New York city guy born and raised, never left. I think he had been an usher there for years. He was happy with that. Probably getting some kind of other assistance, you know, it's New York city, but, um, but great guy. So he would walk me and he would give me all the ins and outs of New York, where to get the best slice, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and when I told you this before, Matt, I, I, Wondering if, if uh, J-Dub knows what this is, but I was telling Matt that this guy, his special skill was, first of all, he used to tell me he was connected and he had guys, you know, he was mafia because he was a little Italian guy, little, right, um, right. but he, his, his unique skill. And back then I didn't realize that there was a market for it was he would tell me he would watch films and that he knew somebody was going to get naked. So back then was, I thought I told you this, Matt. So back then no. it was, um, it was, uh, you know, Fast Times of Richmond High was yeah. the famous. You guys have seen that. The famous oh, scene was like Phoebe Cates is on the diving board. And so he'd say to me, he'd say, watch Fast Times of Richmond High at 43 minutes and 17 seconds. You see Phoebe Cates' boobs. So, so I'm like, that's great, pal. But back then, it, meanwhile, back then it was VHS. Yeah. So he's literally fast forwarding. I had to fast forward a VHS to that time. And it was like, and, but it, we, he would be spot on. So what he did is he cataloged all these VHSs. Mr. Skin. Exactly. So years later, I'm listening to Howard Stern. He brings yeah. up, am I allowed to mention him on this podcast? Yes. This podcast is way better. But he brings up Mr. Skin. And I swear the first thing I did was I got online and I, Googled Mr. Skin to try to find a photo of him thinking a hundred percent. It's this him. guy. And it yeah. wasn't. And I was oh. like, but, but what, I mean, what a unique skill and what a, I Dude, can't believe. That's the exact same thing that Mr. Skin does. He'll 30, give you every, 30 years later. Yeah. yeah. He'll give you the exact time, the exact movie. Crazy. So, and back then I thought this guy was the biggest pervert to watch that much VHS. To oh, get time because, Dude. He's, in the, he's in the theater watching so many movies. Yeah. He knows. And yeah. he probably knows with the time guy. Yeah. 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 The guy who actually yeah. flips the reels. He's like, yeah. oh, second reel. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, we're other... 27 minutes in. We're about to get some bush. Here yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other, interesting, yeah, the other interesting thing about the time that I worked there was right around the time that Pee Wee Herman got busted in, one of, in New York City in one of the adult places. Yeah. So I was so skeeved out about cleaning up the movie theater because some of the films were independent films. So there were new, like, you know, well, brief, <laughs> softcore, nude. Wait, like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. wait, wait, wait. They weren't the full, they weren't the full, like, they weren't the full, um, <laughs> what um the main strip in new york i can't times square yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Weren't those kind of theaters was it 
Not mine. Like they, no, they fold sh- full on porn for like years until like yeah. That so early this is 19, This is nineteen ninety three. So they, so yeah. New York was really New York. You didn't go to yeah. Times Square, but uh, but that's when Pee Wee Herman got busted. So there was one like independent film, and I'm, I don't know the name, but there were it was it was like a uh, I forget the film, but it was like uh, Fatal Attraction, like or I'm sorry, yeah. whatever the one where she gets naked a lot. So, but yeah. it's an independent film. So I was so skeeved out every time I went in there to clean up afterwards because <laughs> of the Pee Wee Herman thing. You're thinking so. people putting some extra butter on their popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Dude, that so, is yeah. fucking skeeve city. Well, that's, yeah. dude, that, I mean, it just shows how like the evolution, of it. like people like, you know, we, we think about this as the world before internet porn was just barbaric, yep. but you know, just oh, how it yeah. was, man. Just how it was. If you wanted to whack it, you had to go to a movie theater and then afterwards Dude, get a bucket was, of chicken. And that's yeah. a good fucking night, you know? When I found out that there was booths at the Adult World in Montgomeryville, oh, right on 309 and 202, <laughs> there's booths in there. My buddy used to go to them, yo. And I, he was explaining it one night because he's like four years older than me. He's explaining it one night. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, you put, put a dollar in there. You picked a movie. You just in a booth and i'm like wait wh-? i'm like wait what it's like yeah the one right there the major one right but because there used to be a golf cart um mini the, golf place right garden golf door. garden golf yeah, yeah yeah garden golf and then the door was like right next door yeah there, there was, was a, a kids there. play center with like batting cages and mini golf and then right next to it adult world yeah. my mind was blown when i found out there was booze in there i was like wait what's I believe it's still yeah. there, right? Adult World. Adult, yeah, that's the same Adult World. Yeah, I told you. We used to drive by there and always scream, Dad, when you see yeah. somebody walking inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll but, tell you, J- 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 New York City was New York City <laughs> yeah. was full of them until Giuliani and shit. Like, all of yeah. Times Square was full of, like, half-quarter, like, porn theaters and stuff like that. Right. And that's I- where uh, P.B. Herman got booked, like, in one of yeah. those kind of, like, porn movie theaters. Because well, before the internet... Jerking yeah. off was Wild West. Yeah, man. You didn't know what you were going to get. What were you saying, Aaron? I was going to say that that J-Dub's quotation marks friends sure knows a lot of shady places. <laughs> he knows a lot about that. <laughs> I, I, I investigated the booth for myself to see that they did exist, but I, I've yeah. never been in the booth. I'd tell you if I've been in the booth. Thank you. We're dude. smarter people for that. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'll tell you. That is, I don't know. Yeah, man. God. Could you, like, I will... <laughs> it would be funny to see like like because that shit like i mean the boobs have to have cobwebs on them now right because that was back in the day where you were like oh you could pop in a brand new dvd or a brand new vhs whatever so they were fucking flipping like hotcakes those boobs now the guys that are only using them have a fetish of using a booth you know what i mean i don't know these things have to be like non-existent anymore just because like like, why would you pay? Yeah. You could just go into a bathroom stall with your phone. <laughs> you know, like, if you really want to do it. But either way. All right. So let, let's get off that <laughs> subject. Um, all right. So let's keep it moving. So you were in NYU, right? And you said, so you left NYU. Why did you leave NYU? Oh, no, wait. So- no, wait, wait. You didn't. Uh, the little person. You never gave us some real background. What's going on? I mean, we didn't date or anything. So, the, no. the, uh, so yeah, so that was it. You used that to hang out special... in booths a lot. It was, yeah, that was yeah. I mean, that was just a special skill. That's what I remember from that job was this yeah. guy. So 
Okay. He wasn't, he wasn't an important figure in my life. He just, yeah. uh, but he was a good guide. <laughs> dude, but you're this is like, where you get pizza. This is where you get this. <laughs> dude, this is like, honestly, it's, it really is part of like being a male adult going into the working world where it's like, uh, yeah. Like if you're a man in the, and I don't know, like I can't speak for what women talk about, but I know like some women are fucking filthy, especially in like the restaurant business. But like, I remember being a young kid working in a restaurant and like hearing these things like, oh my God, what did he just say? So like you're 17 year old kid, first time, like, you know, like living in the big apple away from home, you know, and like, you're hanging out with a little person in a movie theater that can rattle off any time you can see a pair of tits in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is welcome to New York, baby. You know what so I mean? The, so the other thing about this guy is he used to tell these fantastical stories about mafia, about like, uh, and he was a little Italian guy. And you, I never knew because, hey, I'm this kid from Boston. I'm 17. I'm small. And he could have just been like, yeah, you know, I'm part of the Gotti fit, you know, but half of the story, half of me was like, this guy might know people. He might, I mean, I'm, it's New York. And like, so I used to always be fascinated about that too. Like, is this guy oh. put one on, you know, yeah. or is he, and I'm going with the, he was putting one on, but it always stuck with me that, you I know, this love, guy. Dude, I'd, yeah. I would love if he was connected. That would be yeah. awesome. Love him. I know. Right. Yeah. Like if you were sitting next to like Gotti's number one hit man the whole time and you know, Hollywood, yeah. you know, and you <laughs> never knew. Little- Unfortunately, I don't know how I can find this guy. So I thought he was Mr. Skin, which would well, have been awesome. you know what? He's here tonight. Welcome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, uh, no. Yeah, his name's Peter, and he was uh, in a TV show called Game of Thrones. So, Oh, yeah, go. there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah could no, have been. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny if it was. But either way. Um, so, all right. So you leave NYU. What was the deal? Yeah. Why'd, you, why'd you end up leaving NYU? So... So at NYU, I went as an English major. I was a very, in my mind, a very good writer when I was in, obviously I got into NYU with my essay. So I was a good enough writer that they, so I I was an English major. Unfortunately, NYU is a pretty well-recognized school for English majors and authors and arts in general. general, But so, so I, you know, kept in touch with, one girl I went to NYU with, and she's like a news anchor. You know, these <clears throat> these people went on to do these amazing careers and they were all wow. very, um, and the other thing was NYU was, I went from this small private school where I excelled. I went to a public school where I didn't excel academically, uh, which was bigger. Then I went to the school that had no campus and yeah. had no, you know, it, it, no, form, there had no in an apartment frats, in no, New York. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it was very overwhelmed. So I left there. Um, then went to ZooMass, which is basically the Penn State of Massachusetts. ZooMass? Is that what that they was call it? it? That's what they Zoom call mass? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was everybody's fallback school. Uh, and, and it was like a big time party school? Oh, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I haven't been to Happy Valley but I would be willing to bet that that UMass would give them a good fight for uh, party. really, yeah, dude, yeah. dude. So they used to do the number one party schools in the country, right? Like that was yeah. like a thing. And Indiana University of Pennsylvania won it a couple times, right? Oh, okay. And then Penn State started to take it over, and then they used to just not let Penn State in the running anymore because there wasn't even a competition because that's how much the partying went on. All right. I take it all back. No, well, no, I, no, you, you mask is very, I I don't know. I really, and honestly, 
I've only ever partied at Penn State like once or twice. And it wasn't, you know, I didn't really get too much into it because I was fighting at the time. So it was like, you know, like I didn't get the party as much as I wanted. I kind of had to stay local. But as far as like, dude, you could be totally right. Like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't the one dude, making the poll, but I, could... I am. I'm completely wrong. I did not know Penn State's pedigree. So I uh, take it all back. One of the few kids from Boston I've drank with. There's a kid from who went to Temple who was from Boston. We called him yeah. Boston because his accent was so strong. And that kid drank so much. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that kid was hilarious. So the one time we're at his apartment. Uh, we're at my buddy's party and he's like, oh, I'm going to bed and I need someone to crash. So I was like, yeah, can I stay at your place? You live like upstairs. Go back to his party. He's like, you want coffee? And I was like, sure. He's just got it in a bowl. He's, he's like, oh, I don't have any mugs. You got to take it in a bowl. And he's like, how much sugar do you want? And he's got the full sugar scoop, like the John for the bag. And he's just dumping it in my coffee. And I'm like, that's plenty. He hands me the coffee. We drink it. We play Tiger Wee. Like the, yeah, the yeah. Wii U Tiger all night till like six o'clock in the morning. And he's like, I got a bunch of blow, y'all. You feel like going to bed or no? <laughs> <laughs> I love that kid, yo. He's <laughs> awesome. I have no idea where that kid is now, but he was the best, yo. His dad had a bunch of money and he just, he did not care about anything, yo. <laughs> Justin, that's like the fourth time you've talked about someone giving you cocaine on this show. <laughs> Dude, just... People just love giving you drugs. <laughs> like all the adults, you're t- all the scenarios you're talking about where you've been to workplaces and you meet an older adult and they like give you a uh, good wise uh life advice. advice or they like show you the path no all of mine have just offered me drugs that's Oof. i got i would say yeah with an old man. i remember My that one boss gave me pcp Ooh, baby yeah people just they're like you look like you'd like to try this yeah and you're like in fact i would here we go. you're not wrong yeah so so j-dub i also have the stoner eyes too so when I bartended, which we'll get into, kids yeah. used to come in and be like, I'll be like, what do you want? And like, I don't know, man, I'm tripping on shrooms. And I'd be like, dude, you got to go. And they're like, but I have these stoner eyes. Yeah. I'm not stoned. It's like yeah. they just start messing up. They're yeah. like, oh, this guy's in the club. Great. Okay. <sighs> One time it's torrentially snowing in Norristown. Oh. My downstairs neighbor grew mushrooms. He's a weird fucking dude. He used to tell me about chemtrails and shit every time I come home from work. So I don't have any drugs. My buddy's over. And I'm like, my neighbor's weird. See what he's got. Knock on his door. He's like, I have uh, truffles. They're a psilocybin, psilocoalus truffles. I'm like, sure, give me them. We eat all these truffle mushrooms. Get so high. We watch Encino Man. And then we go to the bar in the snow. Encino Man? Like yeah, we watch Encino Brendan Man. Fraser and Sean yeah. Aston and Polly Shore? My one buddy's like Classic. yelling at the movie during the whole time when the, when the bully shushes Encino Man. He's like, Shush! You shush me, I'll fuck you up. He's like yelling at the TV. <laughs> so we go to the bar, Ohio Mushrooms, and I walk in there, and I remember being like out loud going, I don't want to be here. We And like we, I order, we order four shots of Jägermeister. She like puts them up on the bar. I pay for them. And I just look, I'm like, I don't want this, yo. We're just all so hot. We just leave them on the be- counter, and we just walk back out in the snow. That's and I knew the bartender very well because I was there every night. So then like a week later, I show up and she's like, what the fuck were you guys on? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you and like three dudes walked in here, ordered four shots of Jägermeister and then just walked out. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, we ate a bunch of mushrooms. And came to the it was a bad idea. Dude, That's great. I knew uh, I had dated a girl one time who I think it was like the first or second time she'd ever eaten mushrooms a drunk a drunk driver had crashed into the front porch of her house 
yeah her car hit her house while she's on mushrooms Uh, yeah so a drunk driver this girl had the worst luck out of any person that's ever existed i mean i mean she dated me for god's sakes but yeah yeah she had the worst luck out of anybody that ever existed but uh she um she had she was at her house she had like eaten a bunch of shrooms and then all of a sudden she heard like a loud bang and went out front and a drunk driver had driven into the front porch of her house, like <laughs> off the shit. road, psh, right into her front porch. Yeah. So she had to deal with the cops and all that shit. No, she oh, ran. She oh, ran. She, run she out of just ran. She like, told me she's <laughs> like, she's like, I just yeah. ran to my friend's house. It doesn't have to delve into anything crazy. But so the first time I ate mushrooms, we ate them. Right. And yeah. 45 minutes goes by and my one was like, I got to go home. And I was yeah. like, what? And so he, he's like, I'll drop you off on my way. And I snuck out of my house. So back then I used to, I would climb out of my back window, hop onto my deck and then walk out of my backyard. And then to get back in, my father was a, or my stepfather was a home inspector. So there'd be a ladder always in my backyard. So I'd set the ladder up, climb back onto my roof, go into my room, sneak back downstairs, put the ladder away and then go to bed, you know? But I had to eat mushrooms and it had been like 46 minutes. And then they dropped <laughs> me off, yo. So I'm sitting on my front porch trying to like compose myself to now open up the ladder, pick it up, climb onto my roof, climb into my window and then do the whole thing. I like stumble when I'm on the first roof and shit. I put it all away. I go downstairs. I turn on my TV in my parents' home. I put on MTV in that breaking the cycle. A Lincoln Parks video had come out and it's animated and it's of a guy jumping off a roof, but in reverse. And like it plays backwards throughout the whole song and shit. I was so high on mushrooms. And I'm sitting there watching it. And I was like, did I fall off the roof and am I dead? <laughs> like, did I not make it? Did I fuck up? And I uh, fell off the roof. And I was I just remember being so high and being like, God damn. Dude, even thinking about that's giving me heart palpitations. <laughs> that shit. Uh yeah. Me, yeah. Me and mushrooms don't get along. I'll tell you that right now. So now as an adult, love them. But yeah, as a kid, it's a wild experience. I mean, I get I get piss tested for my job and I have a kid. So that just shit is fucking 48 nuts. hours. Pew, pew, pew. Right out your pee. I mean, <laughs> I don't I'm not in any hurry to do them. I'll tell you that. But yeah, so yeah, I'm good. I'm I don't ever want to take them again. They fucking suck. So all right. For either way, so let's keep going. You leave NYU, you go to Zoomass, right? And then when you're at Zoomass, you were you started at a, a coffee shop as a barista, but then eventually you would work up to, to manager. So how did this go? What was what was going on here? So went went to Zoomass, left Zoomass, got back to my hometown. Okay. So how long were you at Zoomass? A semester. Okay. Um, it was school was never for me. Same. Um, so um yeah, so I zoom. So I went from NYU to another huge school where it was, I mean, overwhelming, just the amount of kids, you know, everything. So um, ended up leaving, doing not great and leaving, going back home. Um, and then I started, I got a job at an independent coffee shop uh, in my hometown. Um, this and is when like coffee shops were the craze. Like this is uh, like the cool place to work. Start of it. Yeah. This was yeah. a great coffee shop, man. We used to cold. This is before cold brew was a craze. And we used to, we had the, we had somebody go to like Costa Rica to like actually smell the beans in Costa Rica. Like it was oh, like, the they were really serious about their coffee, but it was a, 
a family, a very wealthy old school money family. So they just opened the coffee shop for their daughter, who was at that time in her probably in her thirties, but she was a stoner, like just like yeah, like married to a guy, and that was her baby. So I was the assistant manager under her. So you and basically did everything for this lazy rich bitch. No, she wasn't. She wasn't even a bitch. She was so cool. It was like I, I don't know how to explain it. You like, just did everything for this high lady. Yeah, yeah. She was, yeah well, She's she, like, I don't know how to do the accounting. Can no. you do it? Yeah. It's like the schedule. So, so Who's she was working this weekend. So so she was well. She was high, but she was also very. Uh, I don't know. She just didn't need the money, and I, it, you know, whatever it was. So yeah. we we actually got along very well. Um, I won't admit to doing. Uh, anything illegal on this show because of my you, fighting career? No, you never, uh, <laughs> you've never done anything illegal. No, I know, but we did. I did used to go in the morning. We got along very well, and we put on Grateful Dead from like five in the morning till two o'clock, and that's so what you I should hear like in. three songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Ah, wow, uh, funny guy. So, um, but uh, and we looked. Let me tell you, we looked tired from six o'clock in the morning till two o'clock. So we had a great relationship. She was, I was on par with her. But it was a real fun place yeah. to work. Um, eventually, what happened was she decided she didn't want to. What, whatever happened, I forget. But I took over the management, everything. So nice. she was kind of a silent. She wasn't there as much. Um, She's then like, I hired, you're running, man. You're doing yeah, so you're good. Yeah, you're doing great, man. <laughs> like, you're basically running it now, so come yeah. on. I noticed you're ordering, like, five times as many whipped cream canisters, but uh, <laughs> is, there any reason, is there any reason you're doing that? But, so, Bro, so, I'll, say, I'll say, I've said this on the show before. I worked at Dairy Queen, and when I worked yes. at Dairy Queen, the way they have it set up is that the whipped cream, there was a hose that would come out of the wall. And in the back was the nitrous tank that went oh, to the hose that shot out the whipped cream. And like the first day I'm there, the one girl was like, this is how we do it here. And then yeah. it took right off. I was like, <laughs> I'm like what's, go what's going on here? She's like, that tank's big and I'm ready to go. And I was like, it was like, yelling at me the whole time. Sorry. Go ahead, Justin. I had no, I had no idea about nitrous. I'm like 13 years old, my or maybe 14, because my brother had a job at a grocery store, and so he's like, "They're awesome." I do it all the time at work, and I'm like, Who, "I don't Devo? know what you're talking." Yeah, I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." That sounds dumb, yo. And he, so the next time he comes over, he comes over with his backpack, yo, and he's like, "Come on, come on." We sneak up to his room. He opens his backpack. There's like four full ready with cans <laughs> i'm like what do we do he's like just suck it in yo. yeah and i'm like okay me and him like 14 years old just getting spaceship high off ready with cans <laughs> and i remember like waking up the next day because like i just passed out in his room and just being like i'm noticeably dumber like no. I, I was this smart yesterday, and I'm now dumber than I was yesterday. That that shit does cook you. I remember I was going, I was at like I think I was tailgating for honestly. Oh, I was tailgating at um, uh, it was for the first ever UFC fight in uh, Philadelphia. It was I think it was called UFC Declaration or something like that, <laughs> right? And um, we're there and we're tailgating and where we were, I think we were in K lot, which is by where the factories are and things like that. 
And I went to go piss in between these two uh, like like semi trucks that were parked into the yeah. fact the yeah, warehouse. Yeah. The and I yeah. and I go to piss next to them. And then this dude's there. He's like, what you want? And I was like, what the fuck you want, man? I'm trying to piss. And then I look down while I'm pissing and I see balloons everywhere. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is what this guy meant by this is what I want. And then I went over. I was like, how much? And he's like, five for a balloon. I was like, give me five of them. Here you go. <laughs> And then just I went back to where we were, like the tailgate with balloons, and everyone was just like, ah, "Let's party!" <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, and then I saw one guy fish out doing it, and I was like, "Well, this is the last time I'm doing this shit." So there you go. Yeah. God, nitrous is so stupid. There was this uh, real it's the last one. There's the there's I love it. Keep out, it going. There was this kid <laughs> I was buying weed from who lived in Lanto, who you know, Matt, and. At the time, he sold weed and had a huge nitrous tank. So every time you go over to his house to buy weed, he'd also give you like a huge fucking hit of nitrous. Who was it? I'll cut his name. Number Oh. Yeah. This huge tank, yo. And as he, he had it for like two weeks, yo. And he, same, like every time you came over to buy weed, like he'd hit it too. By the time this tank was done, gone from like a hundred and you know 15 iq to like an 87 you know like i swear he was so much dumber after this uh, tank was gone i bet i absolutely bet yeah that stuff dude i mean yeah that stuff is <laughs> but every time like, you want to hit a night just like not really but like yeah <laughs> like it's three o'clock on a friday but sure it's like a big mouthful of nitrous uh yeah yeah yeesh that stuff is killer so all right well let's keep it moving um so you so more drug talk more drug talk (laughs) let's go we don't have we don't have enough time for all that brother um so okay so you're you're working as you now you're now the manager of the coffee shop right everything's going good and then yep. eventually you would like, and you got the manager job kind of, you're only there for like three months and then you got the manager gig, right? Yeah. Yep. How long would you be there before leaving? So, I mean, a, a few years, a couple of years, a okay. few years. I ended up, I ended up, they opened a store actually in Copley Plaza, Copley Place, which is a really high end. I don't know if it's high end, but it's a mall in Copley Square, Boston, which yeah. is like so I used to take the train in to manage that place. Oh um, wow. And that how, was great. How but, long was the train ride from Newton to, to Boston? Uh that part of Boston 45 minutes. But right. um okay. with the stops. But um so Newton's like the Lansdale of Boston then, huh? You know? It's the Lansdale of Boston made up of lawyers and doctors and okay so financiers it's the doylestown of boston yeah yeah, to, yeah yeah exactly perfect yeah. perfect perfect analogy yeah all yeah. right so. got it so okay so sorry for <laughs> our uh, international fans and for the non tri-state area fans doylestown is really ritzy uppity like really like very fancy uh, yeah very fancy like lace curtain irish fucking town which you know it's nice i got family that lives there but well you know yeah i got yeah i do have family that lives there but it's a really nice hot spot cool place but it's like nice and clean and there's not a ton of crime and things like that so yeah there you go all righty so you're going into the city to waverly place and you're uh you're you're the bar you're the barista coffee manager down there wait so if you have to open up the coffee shop you're catching the train at fucking bumble fuck o'clock in the morning right like exactly like four yep. in the morning 
<clears throat> yep. And um, just oh. let me say one, let me say one thing for my brass knuckle hard hitting Boston guys. <laughs> um, I grew up on the bad side of Newton. Remember that Ooh, the Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan. So it Newton. wasn't, yeah. So I wasn't a Doylestown and I guy, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like a, a Piper's guy. Or, you know? yeah, so I just need go. to make yeah. that clear. Hey, know? no problem. Hey man, so. you were from the land sale of, uh, of Newton. You know? Yeah, exactly. The lands all new. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, not like these North North Wales fairy no. guys. I mean, we're not <laughs> we're not delinquents over yeah. here. Yeah, know? those guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, those North yeah. Wales pans. Yeah, yeah, those fancy guys. <laughs> those rich, those rich spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Shroom taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those nitrous whacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must well, be nice. <laughs> 12 year olds with full donut addiction problem yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 real nice family you know a lot of lawyers and doctors in north wales well not i mean to be fair in the development it is very part, diverse yeah it's crazy because once you go under over sumney town it's like nice but when you're on like when you're on the the penbrook side of sumney town you know that's yeah, fucking stretch from um, yeah, you fucking are. It's like, <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of animals. There's a especially Navy like seal. even like a... even like by the police station, right? Yeah. Like you know, like everyone, like yeah. you're like a block away from the police station, fucking whacking up eight. Nothing. It's like Our, what the fuck's going one on of here? the head Northwell. One of the head cops in Northwell is a full blown alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> drive around drunk every night, yo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, pulled a, pulled me over drunk one time, and I was like, you're. Like you're fucked up. Like what? What is going on here? He's like, look, at least I can handle it, bub. You're swerving. If you weren't one, swerving, he's like, I'm not time, swerving. You just can't see straight. Yeah. One time, my brother got pulled over and he got taken out of the car. And the cop walked. Up, he walked up to me, this cop, and he was like, "Are you all right to drive home?" And I was like, "Dog, are you all right to drive home? Like, what's going on right now?" And he's like, "He's like, look, just take your brother's car and get out of here." And I was like, "I'm like, I looked at him. I was like." Are you gonna let me start this car and you're gonna pull me over 30 feet down the road? And he was he looked at me and he smiled. He's like, That's a good ass idea, but I didn't think of that. And he <laughs> sent me home to take my brother. He knew we were both drunk, but pulled him over for a DUI and then let me knowing I was drunk drive his car home. Nice. Unbelievable. North I Wales mean, was a ballless place. Was <laughs> <laughs> it's cleaned up a bit. He's no longer he's no longer a police officer there. No. But he used to be the head of the police. All I know is it must have been nice to be able to afford nitrous. We had to huff cans of paints or whatever. I never had nitrous. <laughs> yeah, well, I whatever. You, you, got, you rich kids from North Wales can afford shrooms and whatever well, you want. Yeah. Designer oh, drugs. I had to go to Lansdale to get that nitrous. <laughs> we were huffing what's in our parents' garages. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Look, Joe Rogan. Yeah, we're stealing Robitussin. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. great. <laughs> Fucking Newton. Newton mash. <laughs> Fucking Newton. Kite you ever wake up? You ever wake up hungover from the scissor? Yeah, that's oh, a hangover. I'll tell you some stories about the scissor. Let's go. <laughs> I used to hang out in North Philly, and scissor came in two colors, purple and yellow. You ever have the yellow? No, I didn't do scissor, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so I used to work there. at this warehouse, and the All right, little wheezy. So one, real quick, I used to work in this warehouse. This kid who worked there, his name was Flip Graham. He was the funniest kid you ever met in your whole life. Am I gonna have to cut his name? 70, nah, if his flip's even still alive, he'll come find me. He lived on 77th and Ogon. And he was like, he used to fall asleep on his forklift all the time, yo. 
I'd be like, what the fuck are you on, yo? And he's like, yo, scissor. you ever have that, that scissor? And I was like, scissor. He's like, you want the purple or the yellow? And I was like, what What are the options? He's like, the purple make you sleep or the yellow. So the yellow was just crushed up Xanax and like, <laughs> I don't know, Robitussin. And then the purple was just straight cough syrup. Yeah. So the yellow would put you in the outer space, you know? I didn't like the yellow, but the purple, the <clears throat> Uh, yeah i mean the story delves into much deeper darker places but it's a lot of fun you should all try Sierra scissor <laughs> i mean i love scissor on my watch try the yellow like once but the purple is fun all the time i mean i'll take your word for it <laughs> um i mean yeah i got a kid fucking those days are i mean until she's 18 those days are fucking over you know so, Can we right. please just edit this so it's just where all we're talking about is drugs the whole time? And and I don't know what else is on here. You should oh, really, I mean, if, if, you, if, if, you, if, if you really want drug talk and sex places, then stay tuned for the Low Life Podcast. Yeah. That's all I really know. Uh, That's all awesome. I've really been doing. That's great. The Low Life Podcast launching <laughs> on the Forestry Productions Network soon. So, um, okay, let's Back keep it, it on moving down the road. So, why? So, you were the coffee manager there. You're working in Waverly Place. Everything's good. Why did you leave the coffee shop? Copley Place, Philly. Uh, Copley. So, yeah, Copley Place, Boston. So, I, I left. So, what ended up happening was um, I was at I guess I was back and forth or I went back to the, the um, place in my hometown. Um, and I realized while I was there or in just in general, I'm slinging coffee and making espresso drinks, cappuccinos. And at a very, again, I, I worked, you just heard about my background. I was working at 12. I'm a hardworking guy yeah. and, uh, and I'm crushed. I'm, I'm the morning guy. So, so to answer oh. your question, I, I'm waking up. I think we open at. 5 30 like the mall didn't even open until oh, 10 whatever oh, or maybe it was six yeah. so i had four hours meanwhile oh. great job working in a mall because they're especially a copy place it was every single girl who worked at every single high-end fashion place needed a cup of coffee and they were coming Ooh, into my spot baby and I, and I basically ran that place in the morning by myself so that's, that's unreal it, dude it was, i've seen like I've been to like a Starbucks in the like, especially I used yeah. to go to Starbucks sometimes on my way to work and it yeah. was bananas, bananas. Yes. So, and then meanwhile, in the slow periods, I would be saying it was just a great job. But, um, so, uh, I what realized, would, Hey, I'm yeah, go what, ahead. What would you be doing on the slow periods? Just hanging out. Yeah. So I, I stand at the front and I would look at the, girls work in the right. kiosk i mean it was a great yeah, job for, you would be you would, you'd be giving them you know, yeah you'd be giving them the wolf whistle and your young 20 year old come on hitting yeah. your stride yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 no i didn't well meanwhile justin will justin will appreciate that i still haven't come into my own yet oh so I'm wow 20 years old still haven't really still you know, I've had a, I, I had an older girlfriend who kind of like you know Ease me in and then broke my heart. One of those how, deals. You how know old I mean? are we? How old are we talking? Eighteen. Oh, it's a very personal show, by the way. <laughs> I mean, well, wait. <laughs> wait, how old wait. Wait, you were. So she was twenty-three. I was eighteen. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's oh a, yeah, that's a big right. I mean, it's a Yeah. That's yeah. A I mean, if I was man, right there, every, dude. Every other dude is like, "When did you lose?" I was 11 fucking years old. She was 18. Like, you know, like I'm, like, I'm 18. <laughs> it's so fucking was, new. Yeah. Yes. 
so she so she was an older girl whatever so ended up breaking my heart hey, dude then, nothing, hey well, uh, they, they all do that brother yeah exactly and then so so anyway but um so still at this point i'm 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 <laughs> I'm checking out girls, whatever. So I realized, hey, I'm getting through this morning rush. And when I got to Copley, I was the only one in there till the mall opened. So I'm cranking out coffee drinks. I'm moving fast. I'm talking to people, people like me. And I said, one of my buddies had just graduated UVM, really smart kid. Uh, they're all my friends are fucking genius kids. But um, he, uh, we talked about it and we talked, I said, Hey man, I'm slinging drinks. I want to go to bartending school. He goes, I want to go to bartending school too. So we both decided to go to bartending school. Um, I would never recommend it. If somebody's going to get into bartending. Now we talked about this. You want to yeah. get into bartending now. And people used to ask me all the time. I say, go to find your favorite bar. Don't waste your time with a bar. That's, that's going to be slow paced. Find your favorite bar. Yeah. No shot of getting in the bar and tell him you'll do anything you want. But back then I didn't know. So yeah. we went, we went to bartending school. I went with my friend who's this genius. And um, it was the one school that I excelled at beyond oh. like, it was like having, having a bad college track record. I get to this bartending school, memorizing drinks was so yeah. easy for me. Everything yeah. about it was like, um, yeah, the so, magnum cum laude of this bartending school. Yeah, exactly. Right? A real, yeah. real proud. Yeah. Meanwhile, the the, the teachers aren't like you hey, know college graduates. They're washed up bartenders who can't cut it anymore. I, I went, dude. I went to bartending school as well and graduated <laughs> yeah. the head of my class. So yeah. you know, just yeah. saying, it's you learn yeah. all those good drinks. Dude, so, I'm yeah. telling. I I will say this, right? I, I I do believe that every bar I have worked at, I am the best bartender there. But I don't think that had anything to do with the bartending school. I'll say that. No. Right. It is, dude. I mean, it is what it is. It is kind of a scam. And the one thing that I think fools everybody is like going to bartending school does not help you get a job at all. Nope. Like you're like you're saying, you got to talk to the like be a regular, talk to the people, get to know the manager and fucking bust your ass. Right. Be the hardest worker there and they'll put you behind the bar. Guaranteed. Yep. Yeah. So, 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 okay. yes. So to segue, I, I was, um, uh, you know, at the coffee shop, I realized, Hey, I'm cranking these drinks out for, I mean, they took very good care of me at that time. I don't know what a yeah. good salary was, but it was up there for yeah. a, for a kid, you know, whatever, yeah. um, and tips. And, uh, they took really good care of me, but I knew at that age, the allure of being a bartender is yeah. like, bartenders oh. get girls, bartenders are making cash. That's like the coolest thing <laughs> in the world. So yeah. I ended up, um, I ended up deciding that that's, listen, I'm already doing the work. I'm already, yeah. you know, but I'm not getting the rewards yes. from being the coffee guy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like chicks, yeah. they ain't coming in to hang. It's only, they're only getting one drink and leaving at the coffee shop at the bar. Mm -hmm. They're getting a drink and they're getting them all night, babe. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. So, yep. all right. So you ended up having like, did you end up having a connection with someone that worked at a bar and that's what got you in? How did it go? Yeah. So we had a friend, which was a great connection, but we had a friend of the family was, it was oh. actually like a uh, friend of the family. Right? Yeah. You like know what I mean? Person, yeah, like huh? one of these yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, so was uh, he a friend of the little person. Huh? He, hey, Matt, he was a friend of ours. Oh, you know, so he's I'll a friend. I yeah. got you. Yeah. But got anyway, fish. actually, it was a. now that I think about it, it was a friend twice removed. So it was a friend of a friend. Ah. But either either way, I got the introduction. I got the yeah. go ahead. Sure. Um, so this guy was a very 
good, whatever that, you know, very well-known lawyer. Yeah, he's a good fellow. Yeah, he was a partner of a firm and he had the bar, I think, to be cool. I don't know. But so basically. Probably um, to get chicks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, um, yeah. So so this bar was the busiest bar in my hometown, the coolest bar in my hometown. Um, Now, my hometown, unlike Doylestown, is also a city. So it wasn't a town. It was a city right outside of Boston. So it's more Uh, like a a Roxborough, I guess, or a Manion type place. Yeah. So so take the or I don't go out, but Contra Hawken has the best bar. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's like one of those where it's one of those places you don't walk in. Bartenders are there for years. And um, I went in. I I got started. so meanwhile, the layout of the bar restaurant in the basement, actually, first floor is a big sports bar, TVs everywhere. Upstairs is a rock club. So you have three floors. It's almost like a megaplex. Yeah. I start there on uh, the door as five foot seven, still small, still scrawny kid. And I basically collected IDs. Um, <clears throat> and what wait, I wait, told- wait, 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 wait. Yep. Go ahead. Pal. You're you still haven't blossomed fully, right? Nope. And you're working the door at the bar. Correct. And, Correct. Okay. Continue. Sorry. So I'm this little kid uh, <clears throat> working a door. Back then it was um, so uh, yeah. So I was collecting, um, just basically taking IDs and um, the. Uh, Basically, if there was any problem, there were probably six other door guys. And back then you used to have trouble. So you used to have tougher guys from tougher towns coming yeah. into yeah. a, you know, a, a, a very white collar crowd yeah. type deal. And yeah. really those, you know, Matt, you can attest to this. That's when fights start because Most. because those type of people don't necessarily get along. And also white collar people think that you can sue your way out of anything or you yeah. can talk your way out of anything and blue collar guys like you or myself yeah we're gonna handle it if it's not you know and it's like so i there's that clash so there were people mm. and they weren't even like big fights there were people getting knocked out i mean like uh. where you had to like fights were over in a second i saw so yeah. much blood of just like um uh. so basically did you, did you ever hear someone say do you know who my father is yeah like that whole shit <laughs> So, um, yeah, so basically there were a lot of that. There was, but we had six door guys on and let me tell you, I mean, I would be the seventh. Yeah. These guys, these guys were big dudes and they were, um, uh, you know, there's a guy who's a legend, Yancey. It was all, I I don't say roided up, but you can, whatever. Nobody. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. He was was, on creatine. Huge, yeah. hugest guy. And I, I remember he, he would pick guys up by their neck and put them up against the wall that strong, like a like a like a action hero. Oh, um, yeah. action, I wish I still knew. And you know what he drove? So I'm going to get off on a Yancey story real quick. Do he, it. Drove, yeah. he drove this guy was he was a monster. He looked I forgot what he was, but he looked like like the rock with hair. Like he was, he was like Samoan or something like that. He was very dark, but enormous big dude. And he dated. So he used to drive a Lotus. And back then I had never seen a Lotus. Like who drives a Lotus where the, this is the the nineties. And I think the, I think the door, the wings come up the door, whatever. But anyway, (laughs) he dated, he dated um, two sisters. No joke. No joke. Two blonde sisters. He walked in with the sisters. 
Yeah, they were twin sisters. Yeah, it was oh, amazing. Wow. He dated both of them. Like this guy Fucking was shout I mean, out but, Yancey. But yeah, but but I'm talking money. I mean, I'm talking like I don't know if his family, I think it was jewelry, whatever it was, so much money, but he was also a monster. So this guy, I knew he was behind me, and then you have five other guys like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um so wait, so wait, he, Yancey was a he was a rich kid and he still wanted... I don't know. So oh. I yeah, so I don't know. I didn't know him. So again, I was going to say, if he was a rich kid that liked it, like he, he was just bouncing for fun, I fucking love him. <laughs> you know yeah, I no, mean? I think that was ba- that was basically what it was, a hundred percent. Yeah, that was it. Nice. But I didn't. But I never. There was a lot of allure around who he was and where he came yeah. from, and because he was a fascinating guy, he I I would watch him pull up to work, or if he wasn't working, in the Lotus gets out with two blonde girls, and and it was like it was like he what and he wasn't a very at work, he wasn't necessarily talking to me. He was either talking to girls or he was he was also a charis- a quiet, charismatic guy. Yeah, so people. Yeah. But the thing I remember is at that point in my life, I wasn't even big into lifting then. And I just remember the size of the guy and just being like, this is the biggest human being. Nobody in my circles did roids. I mean, back then, roids weren't even back. I think back then, roids were go big or go home. There wasn't like yeah, nobody dude. knew about them. It wasn't like take this much Winnie and it's going to uh, cut you up. It was just yeah. like pump yourself. So this guy was enormous. But then you had five other guys like him. And um, so I grew uh, the biggest set of balls a five foot seven <laughs> nothing kid ever had. And I used to I used to take IDs. And if anybody gave me shit or if anybody was acting up a little bit or I didn't like them, I'd be like, not nah, you're not getting in. Be like, what do you mean? And I knew within 20 seconds, I would have, we didn't have walkie talkies back then. Fuck that, you know, but there were enough door guys there that I knew within 20 seconds, if I could last, I had the biggest dudes on this guy. And it was mostly like, to be honest, it was mostly, uh, most of the times I got really, I got into it. I, I knew I could, the guy was my size or smaller. I didn't like yeah. to start with huge guys, yeah. but, but huge guys would start with me. And that's when the bigger door yeah. guys would get very protective. So I, I had a, I mean, I would tell nice. people off. I was like, Good. I'd be like, you're not getting in the bar. And they'd be like, what are you going to do? You little kid. And I would, and I would oh. literally, I give them a second. So, you know better than me. Nobody wants to throw a punch at a bar. I mean, maybe in Philly. I mean, no, they don't, you know, they, I don't a lot I, of John. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of, a lot of John. So all it would take is them putting their hand on me. So usually, unless you know somebody, you're not just going to throw a punch. You're going to push or something. Right. All it would take is a push and me keeping my distance enough or, or being like that. I knew within a second, you know, I say 20 seconds, but quicker than that, I had four guys on this guy throwing them out, like protecting me. So, um, yeah. yeah, so so I started there and then I got my shot on the bar and nice. the rest. And then you guys are going to have to read the book. Oh, <laughs> baby. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, is that yeah, where is that where uh, old Uncle Aaron came into his own or what? That's that's when that's when you days. started to that's, hit your stride. Yeah. 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 So, nice. Um, Good, yeah, man. Dude, because so. I started bartending when I was 19 and like, bro, like bartending in your 20s it's a good fucking time in your hometown in your oh, hometown so i even better my i was year- i was always i mean i was in philadelphia somewhere but go ahead go 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 we had my five-year reunion there and i didn't go i bartended it so I mean, <laughs> let me tell you every every oh, your five-year high school reunion yeah we had it at my bar and i said oh. i don't want to go i'm gonna bartend it and make oh, a lot of money you, so so oh, so every girl up. every girl 
And at, at 23 years old, there, I don't care if you just got out of law school and you're making so-and-so at Saks and whatever. Yeah. There's nobody cooler than a kid who's making six figures cash behind yeah. a bar. Yeah. So it was, it was my prime. I mean, it was every yeah. hot girl that was there. I'm the one who yeah. can give you a free drink. Like I'm yeah. the guy. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah. So and, it was, uh, and, and you also can talk that, like talk to them, like, you know, like that, you know, you're like, they, you don't have to treat them like their shit don't stink. Like, you know, you yeah. can, yeah. Put them in their place, dude. And I bet too, all of them like, Aaron, you're so grown up. Oh yep. my <laughs> God. Me- meanwhile, I also came into my own in terms of looks yeah. and back then, Saved by the Bell had kind of just and just ended or was on, and I was tan and I looked like I wish we could throw throw a picture up right now. Can you insert a picture? Yeah, in the edit, (laughs) but yeah, anyway, for those of you listening, Aaron's you know, he's being modest, he still looks like a better looking version of AC Slater. Oh, thanks, buddy. And you you can and you can see it on uh on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. So anyway, full head of hair. I look like AC Slater. So, so that, but I'm still, you got to understand you never lose. Even today, I never lose that shy little kid, like sure. the shy guy. Cause especially I lived it till I was yeah. 19. So it's yeah. like, so I never thought, and even to this day, like a girl will be into me. And to this day, I still have that shy little kid insecurity. But the good thing about being behind a bar, I didn't have to do anything. It was yeah. what time do you get off work? Two o'clock. Okay. Well, I'm going to wait. And I would say to the door guys, Hey, don't, she's going to stay whatever. And she'd hang out and, um, or, Hey, here's my business card. You know, with all, it was just, I didn't have to do anything. Um, I didn't have to get rejected. It was, it was, uh, a lot of fun, good times. I got a lot of, but, um, you know, like every good, uh, like teen kind of movie, I think somewhere in those years, I got a big head. You know what I mean? Because it was coming easy to me. I lost some good relationships with good girls, knowing that there's plenty of fish in the sea and no regrets, obviously. But, right. you know, it's it's uh, I feel like maybe I broke a couple hearts that I not hey. mean, not in a mean way, but just not being able to commit. So hey. it's, uh, you know, so but then that then that helped me learn and grow into a better person. So I, you know, you know what? It's not your fault that you're so goddamn good looking. (laughs) Keep it up, buddy. Goddamn charismatic. All right. You know, they must, (laughs) they, they should consider themselves blessed for the time that they got with you. So did I mention I'm a purple health in jujitsu? That's my closer. (laughs) We're going to get into that. So (laughs) let's keep it. So let's keep it moving. So, you're bartending at, at your hometown and you would work yep. there for a while. Then you would move to Atlanta for a year and you bartended there as well. How, how is that? Yeah. So I was, I was, yeah, I was, I, it was fun. It was, um, I worked at a pretty cool place in uh, the Highlands, which is like, a, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know Atlanta that well, but it was a good neighborhood, very expensive neighborhood in, yeah. in uh, very yeah. fun college vibe. Um, which was really cool. Nice. So worked there for a year. It was great. Atlanta is, man, it's a fun Dude, city. I'll um, Atlanta is like popping now, man. Like, yeah. like all the, like all the Marvel movies are filmed there. Like yeah. they film like a ton of movies there now. It's like a huge, huge, like, like box office place. Uh, AEW is trying to wrestle there more. And like, you know, Cody Rhodes, that's his hometown. 
So like Atlanta is definitely like they're trying to do big things and become like, you know, they're trying to become like a big popular city. Like, you know, like yep. they want to be like they want it to be like the four court where it's like northeast, southwest. So it'd be north is Chicago, east is New York, west is Cal is LA, and south is Atlanta. That's what yep. they want to do it. Yep, absolutely. You know? So uh, I, I, I swear the ratio of girls to guys and I heard it moving down there is nine to one. And I, and I swear by it. I don't know if that's the actual ratio, but it's pretty close. Shut and I think, the fuck up. I think the reasoning is I had a lot of fun down there. So I think the reasoning is um, that women from the Northeast don't like to stay in the Northeast because general in general, they don't like the cold as much. They don't have as much about it. I don't know what the reasoning is, but then the other thing is that if you are a girl that grew up in the South, Atlanta, Nashville wasn't big until recently. Yeah. Atlanta was the big city of the it's South. The LA so of you the get, South. Yeah. Yeah. So so many women. It was such a transplant city. It was great, but it was and friendly, you know. So it was great. Yeah. It was a great experience. Um, Southern then, hospitality, uh, yeah. huh? So yeah, then you you would go from Atlanta and then you would move up here to Doylestown, right? And you moved you moved here in 2008 and you've been here since 2008, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. So mm -hmm. you started bartending and you bartended at a place and are you cool if we shout it out Chambers in Doylestown? Yep. Yeah, right? sure. Yep. Yep. So, and, and so this, I'll tell you this, and this happened to me as well. Um, dude, bartending it like, it's a young man's game, right? It is a tough fucking job. People don't realize like you're hustling, you're moving. It's a lot of physical. And then also it's like, you have to put on a face every night of being in a good yeah. mood, even though like you're not, and you're tired and people are yelling at you. And it's like, you still got five hours left in your shift. And it's like, it could be so tough and so miserable. Right. So, but if you're making good money, it's tough to say no, but eventually, and this happens to me where you get burned out. Right. So you would be bartending in Doylestown and how long before you're like, dude, I just, I can't do this full time anymore. So I was there for 10 years. Um, Jesus. I will. So I'm going to argue with you that it's a young man's game because I think the reason I got burnt out was the younger generation coming in without the work ethic. Now I sound like oh. a grumpy old. What am I? What am I? I'm not a boomer, but I'm the next one. Like the grumpy old. I'll be one of the boomers one day. But we're, it was. Uh, we're what are Gen we? X? No, Gen I don't know. Z, Gen X. I have no Dude, idea. I don't fucking. Yeah. No, we're millennials, yeah. aren't we? You're right. a millennial. I'm 46. Your mother's a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. No, I, I don't fucking know. My brother was in the same boat. My brother worked in Doylestown. My brother made $300 a night. And he's like, I where, just where do you work? He worked at 313, 213. He used to work on Doylestown. I would just go up there and get hammered. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's that whiskey Ooh, bar. That had, yeah. Oh, the yeah, new, the, what, what's his name? Brad? Yeah, yeah, shout out Brad, the ginger, uh, ginger cocks. Oh, he's a ginger. I don't know any ginger cocksman up there, but <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he worked at 313 or 213. And then there was another bar that had a uh, it was a whiskey bar that had a happy hour from uh, 11 to 12. It's like right on the corner. I don't know. Is this every time right? I got, 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. You're hammered. You're hammered. Yeah, every time I've been to a sound, I got hammered. Yeah, so the good thing. It. The good thing is I don't know you because if I know you, that means you are a problem. 
So yeah, it's true. usually I remember faces when I'm very I'm, look. I'm well. I hang with a rough crowd. I am very well behaved. <laughs> yeah, if I will. I would started, agree with that. For, for the most part, I'm pretty well. I'm yeah. very neutral. Of, <laughs> out of all of the people I've grown up with, I'm the least psychopathic. Right, yeah, you're not. You're it. not Cabot. <laughs> no, but you're not, not Romeo level either. Yeah, they're all maniacs. <laughs> oh, they're nuts. They're nuts. And you throw That's some good. fucking. You throw some fucking liquor and some schnee like in them, yeah, and it's like forget that, about it. Yeah, there's a kid who grew up in my neighborhood who was a Navy SEAL, and he wasn't the craziest kid in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's crazy. not even by a mile. No. Not even close. If anything, he was like he's one of the more sane ones. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so let's keep it going. So uh, yeah. I would agree with you, especially for for me. Yeah, the young kids coming up, they're lazy as fuck, and they complain all the goddamn time. Yep. I could so, agree more. Yeah, but to answer your question, the the burnt out part came from. I actually really do believe that I, at an older age, you're you're biology changes where the hours that you're working more than anything. Um, I really believe I developed a shift shift sleep disorder that cops get, you know, all that stuff because here I am, I'm going to work at six and I'm getting out at three 30. I'm going to bed at five and I'm sleeping until noon. Then I'm doing it again. And I think my, it just, I found myself tired, depressed. I think it was, and the day I stopped, the reason I know I had it the day I stopped and got a got a daytime business hour job, my life changed again. Yeah. Like I felt great. I was I was working third shift and like didn't I, I started at 8 p.m. and got done at 6 a.m. And like I didn't know I was depressed until I stopped working there. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, you do need to see the sun. You do need that daytime yeah. interaction. Like, yeah, there, there's a reason a lot of people strive to the nine to five. You know what I mean? So okay, it sucks, but yeah. like, yeah, you feel it on the opposite end. You're like, oh, well, it's not so bad. Like, I I sleep all day and I get up at night, but like, it eats at you trying to have a normal yeah. life. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are like, but- you want to have dinner at six? I'm like, no, I'm normally asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and like, dude, and you're not wrong. And like, yeah, dude, it's like, also, it's like tough to cohabitate with people who are on the nine to five schedule. You're absolutely right. So and, and the other the other problem yeah. is I'm ham I'm hammering all day. I'm not the kind of guy who sits around. So I'm hitting the gym. I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah. Going to jujitsu during the day, hammering. Now all of a sudden it's six o'clock where most people who've been hammering all day, like put their feet up on the couch and watch TV. And now I'm going to work an eight hour shift. Yeah. You know, behind a bar that's getting yeah. busier as it gets later. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, keep going. Yeah. No, you're right. So, yeah. but you would leave bartending. Right. And you would start working at you were a property manager at a self self storage unit. Right. In sunny North Wales. Correct. In in the (laughs) jewel of Montgomery (laughs) County, Pennsylvania, North Wales, a.k.a. North Willie, a.k.a. North Webby, a.k.a. End of a.k.a. North Kakalakalaka, a.k.a. Schwap game, a.k.a. Home of Schwap game, a.k.a. Schwap game home of. So, okay. So you're working there. Um, I'm assuming, you know, North Wales, really a nothing going on town. Not a lot of action. People are pretty mild. Anything happen at this self-storage facility? So squatters, I had a couple of squatters. There was some meth, meth being cooked in one of the units. A uh, lot of temporary tenants who 
were sleeping there and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, other than that, it was pretty, uh, pretty so, good. I, I, I did have to deal with the, what's the cops, not the North Wales ones, but the Lower Gwinnett. Gw- yo. Lower Gwinnett, yeah. For yep. the record, I love all our police officers. I think they yeah. do a fantastic job, but the lower yeah. grade police officers are pussies, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they give yeah. fuck off, yo. They're the ones who like, so like North Wales Police Borough, North Wales Police Borough is 10 blocks. It's three police officers to patrol fucking 46 kids who are fucking lunatics. And it yeah. worked, you know? But lower Gwinnett, because it had a higher property value, had police officers with the canines. They had like the, the scanners for your... um your registration being done. So like North Wales had none of that shit. So you could be in North Wales without your registration for four years. No one would give a fuck, but then you leave North Wales and all around it is lower Gwinnett and they would have the, the license like registration scanners and your inspection scanners. They'd have, they'd be like, we're going to call the, the dogs. And I'd be like, fucking have a day with it, buddy. Like I got <laughs> nothing else to do. Yeah. yeah. They were dickheads. Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're the ones that are dressed like they're going to invade Poland. Right. Yeah, they had a SWAT team that did nothing. Like, Ugh. yeah. It's all because they got million-dollar homes in fucking Yeah, they had a good property value, so they had a fucking kick-ass police force. But they yeah. had nothing the, to nothing do. Nothing to do. Because there was, yeah. like, there was just nice development and, like, 19 kids. Because they were brand-new developments. So, like, yeah. they had nothing. They were bored. They were, like, waiting for the Lansdale kids and the Northwell kids to, like, drive through that part of town mm-hmm. as they were going from bar to bar. That's yep. all they were waiting for. Yep. Yeah. And you were right across you from Boston style. That uh, do you like that pizza? By the way, for, I know the owner. I know a kid who worked there okay. for his whole life. It's good food. Can I the, let me? Yeah, let me tell you. So I'm from Boston. I'm looking at it like Boston style pizza. We don't have a style of pizza, <laughs> but they we. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not. How can you say that? But I went in there once, and it's the pizza that I used to get in my hometown, and it's Greek style. Yeah, and I've uh, never, I haven't had it since then. It tastes exactly the same. I don't know if there's just a Greek sauce and they share the recipe. Nah, he's a very but, Greek man. Like, I don't yeah. know very many Greek people, but he was a very Greek man. I know His a Greek few. daughters worked there. Yep. They were very pretty. And oh, my buddy worked baby. there. Mediterranean. And, and, <laughs> and yeah. I love, so I love that pizza because it brings me back. It's the kind of pizza you got to sop up the uh, grease with a napkin before. Oh, you yeah. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. So wait, Greek style? Is that a thing? That's oh, how okay. you would explain. You'd say it's, it's a like Greek pizza. It's a sauce. But it's Something's like, a, weird it's almost it. like a doughy, thick, like spongy crust. Like, like New Station? Uh... Kind of, but like the crust almost goes to the end, like a like a like a pan pizza. Well, I think new- it's a different cheese too because it's so greasy. I don't know what mm. Greek pizza is, but you mm. like greasier than you ever seen pizza. I don't know how to explain. New it. New, new yeah. Station is some of the best pizza you'll ever have. You should try it if you have. Yeah, it. New Station so, Pizza, Lansdale, shout out sponsor. <laughs> so I'll tell a quick I'll tell a quick story about the storage facility. And the, and the lower Gwinnett police is uh, <laughs> the uh, and squatters, believe it or not. So it's going to get all these th- and then it'll be love it. So, Hit it. But um, so so uh, the there was a guy, he had a trailer there because we rent spaces and had a car and car parts in there. He gets broken into, comes to me in the office one day and goes, hey, my trailer was broken into. I said, do you have insurance? You're supposed to have insurance, whatever. He goes, he goes, somebody told me that there's people living in a unit here. Um, I'm like, yeah, I've heard that too. And I, he said, do you think that they, you know, broken? I go, to be honest, I do. I think those are the people you want to be watching out for whatever. Anyway, this guy calls the cops, cops show up lower Gwinnett. Um, 
And I, I'm like nervous at this point. Cause this is my job. I'm like this guy called the cops, whatever. I don't know how to handle it. So the cop comes in and goes, did you like all pissed off and all he goes, did you tell, he goes, did you tell that gentleman that the, that the people that you, somebody did it or so, or you thought this, these squatters did it. Yeah, and I yeah. go, I go, wait. And I could tell by the way, the cop was fired up about this. I go, Whoa. I go, I didn't say anything. I didn't, I just agreed with his possible interpretation yeah. of what happens. And the guy, the guy was like, well, you shouldn't have done that. Meanwhile, I've had a long day. This is so Matt doesn't know this and I'm about to, and by the way, nobody at the gym knows this because I think a lot of fighters there probably have this also. And what keeps us calm in the way we are is from training and fighting. But I have a horrible temper, like a horrible temper. So, yeah. So this guy, so the, the cop says this to me. Meanwhile, I've had a bad day. This guy's already. So the cop said to me, um, he goes, did you, he, he said, did you tell him that? I go, he goes, well, you shouldn't have done that. And I go, I didn't know. I'm not a lawyer. He goes, well, you shouldn't have done that because now you ruined the case, something like that. So I said, excuse me, can you hold on for one second? And I walk out back. Oh, and then I said to him, well, listen, I quit tomorrow. I don't care. Like I flip. I go, I'm quitting tomorrow anyway. I don't, you know, I don't care. Like, because I don't know, for whatever reason, he was making it feel like I really screwed up. So I walk. I go, can you just excuse me for one second? I walk out calmly to the back like out the back door to the back storage thing. And I just haul off on a wall. Yeah. Like full speed. I turned the, I turned my back foot over, Matt. Yeah. You yeah. Oh, yeah. Haul hey. off on a wall. So now I feel great. So I walk back out and I go, I'm sorry. I just had to deal with something. So uh, what were you saying? And, and uh, he goes, he goes, he looks at me, he goes, are your knuckles bleeding? And I go, <laughs> Uh, I go, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. I go, so what can, I, and the guy's looking at me like, am I going to have to lock this guy up or like, yeah, so yeah. it's like, like but is I just thought it was be funny. Yeah, is this guy going to be a problem? Like yeah. all I did, th- he's not the one who broke. So I think he was probably, the suspicion was on me that I was the guy I was in on it because I, why, who else would punch a wall? I was having a really bad day. This guy yeah. was telling me I screwed up. So it was so funny. And, and so we're joking that this guy, the suspicion was probably on me for a couple minutes that I was in cahoots with somebody but anyway so that's the end of the story date date what the fuck wait so why was he pissed that you were like yeah it's probably the fucking squatters yeah i don't know i mean suspect number one i know well it happened i think it was that well for whatever reason the whole day the whole situation was very tough for me to handle i didn't have anybody above me that i could call to kind of make things better so i think his implication meanwhile he wasn't even the 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 officer who ended up doing the investigation. He was just a, a just a fucking stunad. He's just a that car guy. Yeah. 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 He was like, it was one of those guys, but he wasn't the detective. Yeah. So I think his implication was that I screwed up the case or whatever because I told oh, him that. Meanwhile, I'm oh, yeah. I had been dealing with this for like a half hour before he arrived. So I'm already frazzled. Yeah. So I yeah. just lost it when he said that and the way he was looking. So I just said, hey, I need a second, went out back and just hauled out of on a wall, which I do. It was yeah. it was a it was by the way, in my older age, I realized you gotta do it on a wall you're not gonna damage. 
Yeah. Like the heart, unfortunately, it hurts your hand more, but uh, you don't want you don't want to damage walls for temper. But yeah. but anyway, so I've been using um, my head a lot more too. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Like <laughs> like good. instead of hitting my fist, I'll hit my head on something when yeah. it's like fuck off. Yeah, that's you know? I know. yeah, that's good. But yeah, yeah. no, you so get uh, dude. I'm I'm with you. I I I do fucking love to hit shit. It is yeah, fucking best. Just but <laughs> whatever man yeah, you know yeah, i've wanted to try that i i saw this thing one time and i would love to try it they call it smash therapy where they get like yeah. all yeah, this I saw stuff that. and yeah. you can just fucking smash it and break it yeah i'm like dude fucking sign me up babe come on i think the three the three of us should go on shrooms Dude, what do you think? No, fuck off. Yellow one that wakes you up. Fucking a. Yeah. So okay. anyway, let's get back on track here. So, so let's keep it going. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. So you get done at the self-storage unit, the lower gwinnett cops, they can fuck off sometimes. Yep. Well, whatever. Yeah. We we support the cops on this show. Uh, well, I support the cops on this show. Some people can have whatever opinions they want about the police. I don't care. Um, either way. I do support the police, though. Um, but either way, we'll keep it moving. Uh, after you get done at the self-storage unit, you move from there to the position you're at now, right? Where you're a field sales rep for Monster Energy. Is that yes, right? Yes, sir. Unleash All the right. beast, baby. Unleash the beast. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. For those of you listening, uh, Aaron has a pretty fucking sweet Monster Energy jersey on right now. Not gonna lie. So if you uh, if you want to check it out on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast, you can see all the cool merch that he has on. Gronk, so baby. yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a Gronk Monster jersey, which is fucking pretty badass. Pretty so cool. all right, so this is something I'm very much interested in. Uh, obviously, everybody knows energy drinks right now massive, 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 massive. It's a forever evolving game where at first it was just like loaded up with whatever. Then it's like, give me all the B4 you want. Then it's like, double the caffeine. Then it's like, hey, now you can't put any fucking sugar in this fucking thing. So it's like a whole bunch of schmutz going on with the uh, the energy drink game. And that's just me from an outsider's perspective. I really have no clue. So how do you like it? What's it like? Like, what's a day in the life like for, uh, you know, the field sales rep for Monster Energy? Give us the give us a lowdown. So greatest job in the world. Nice. Um, Love it. Good I start. think I'm I think I'm probably on the older side of of the uh, the guys I work with, but it is how many monsters uh, do you consume a day? Me one. I mean, oh. well, that's a lie. So that's a big lie. Uh, it depends on. Um, yeah, it depends on the day. But if I'm training, but um, yeah, dude, those lie. things and, I'll say I'll tell you this. They fucking work. I will yep. tell you this, baby. Yeah. They get the job done. So, so I'm drinking a rehab right now. This is my eight o'clock at night before going to bed at 10 monster. So this is light compared to what, so we also have rain, which is the performance energy, like, like uh, the other one with the B word. So, so that kicks your butt, you know? So, yeah, um, Yeah. uh, that's the new guy in the game, right? The other one with the B word, like they're, yeah, yeah. We don't want to talk about those guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah, But uh, they suck. They're no monster. So we'll shout out. So anyway, Greatest company. Um, there's from the top down, very accessible. I, I don't know how to explain. Um, you know, our pillars are gaming, music, uh, yeah. music, 
uh, action sports, girls, like it's like yeah. everything I love in one company. Yeah, yeah. A uh, lot of opportunities for cool schwa. I'm I'm actually bummed I don't have a monster gaming headset on right now. I gotta <laughs> get one of those. But a lot of opportunities to win cool stuff. There's they, you know a lot of trips. We do our national sales meeting in Vegas once a year. Um, it's just a fun company, but we also get shit done. So nice. it's, it's you. Um, it's really up to me to get out there and um, Coke owns, does our distribution. So nice. I'm really partnered with Coke. Um, it's nice until you, yeah, and it's nice until you go to the warehouse in Northeast Philly. It's real nice. But yeah. Oh, I've been uh, there, yeah. yeah. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's double blue work there, yo. Yeah, you got to get what? out of there by by dark. Yo, what's, <laughs> so wait, what's going wow. on? Wait. So it's yeah, right off like uh, North American it's Street. Yeah. It's yeah, Erie and like North American yeah. Street. It's like back there is the Coke bottling plant. Um, yeah. You used to pay like $20 an hour. So like if you didn't smoke weed and could behave yourself in North Philly, that's where you worked. Yep. And uh, paid good money. My one boy used to work there. I used to pick him up. It's, it has that little over like bridge section that yep. like, covers the street. Yeah, it's a really big bottling plant. It's one of Coke's major distributors outside of Atlanta. Is actually yeah. in Philadelphia. Is Coke and, based um, in Atlanta? Coca Cola based? Yeah, Coca Cola oh. is based out of Atlanta. It has one of its bigger distributors in Philadelphia. Oh, and then uh, so does Kraft. It's like right up the street, not too far from there. Nice. And um. But right outside of there is a very terrible area. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That's like Kensington's like uh, half a mile away. And then you go like right into the North Philly Badlands, like right out of that Coke bottling plant. Oh, baby, baby. It's nice. like right in the Section 8, like Temple outside area. <laughs> it's nice. cool. it's so, okay. So, so wait, do you have to go down to the Coke factory a lot there? Uh, so, so the, so that's where, so we have a section of their warehouse. So that's where, yeah. So the, uh, at the Coke factory, I'm getting, um, stuff I need for accounts, setting up accounts. So glides, um, anything that you see in that door, um, point of sale, uh, pricing, stuff like that. Um, that kind of stuff is housed there. And then also there is a mass amount of cases there that are allotted towards to our sales team, where that's used for making deals to get Basically, I'll, I'll get into it. The name of the game in beverage sales is space so and yeah. facing. So that the more facings you have, um, the, the better visibility you're. So, yeah. So I uh, used to know a guy who owned a deli down in South Philly, and he would talk about how the distributor would come in. He'd be like, hey, look, like sell my shit. And he'd be like, no. And he'd be like, hey, I'll come bring you a fridge. And you can stock my shit inside the fridge. And he'd be like, okay, we're getting closer. And he'd be like, I'll stock it for free for the first three months. He'd be like, okay, now we got a deal. So he'd have the monster fridge. Then you come stock yeah. it with the monster beverages. Same thing. Exactly. Red Bull would do the same shit. All those. Whoa, 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 don't say, whoa, don't say whoa, that shit whoa, on this whoa. show. We don't all say those that companies, shit. Whoa. Yeah. All those energy companies would do the same pitch. So it's like. This is the fridge. This is how nice it is. And then they yep. get competing fridges, all that kind yep. of thing. You oh, have wow. an agreement for a certain amount of time. Like, hey, I'll, I'll, you give me the fridge. I'll do it for a year. Do you yep. ever have to like dispute on where you're going to place it in the store? Be like, look, I'll give you this cooler. I'll give you it stocked full. I'll fill it for three months, but you need to put it here. And that's a thing, right? Like I want it. 
front and center, right next to the motherfucking Oreos. Yeah. You know. So so there are so basically there there's a couple different things going on. One a lot of companies, I won't speak for Monster in particular, but they will give a pricing discount on the number of uh, shelves you have or on um, the, the placement of your cooler. So if you're if you walk into any place now uh, and you see uh, the crappy energy cooler there, it's usually next to the register because they yeah. have that written in there. The, the advantage to my job, and which is why I love it, is that Monster is, we flip-flop with the other guys sometimes, but in general, across the country, Monster is the number one selling energy drink. I would say so. Um, in, the Northeast, say so. in the Northeast, in the Northeast, uh, the the friggin' Wings guys, they, uh, they, <laughs> they, 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 the name that shall not be mentioned, the... Uh, the energy yeah. fairies, they, uh, yeah. they, they whatever they, I'm making up names. I wish I had better names for these guys. No, dude, but, those uh, are perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, um, the, you know, in general, you know, both of us are saying, you see all these other guys try to come in yeah. and it's, we're really on the market on that. So yeah. listen, if you want to give us two little shelves on an, on something that's going to fly out the door to, and, and use space for, something that's going to sit there like it it's it just sells it i mean i can't help you you know what yeah. i mean i will literally if i don't waste time i don't have to waste that much time with somebody who just doesn't get it you know what i mean i i i have the numbers i have the facts in yeah. front of me if you don't like me as a person you know which is rare that's my first thing you should just yeah. i'm yeah. the greatest guy in the world you should Obviously. trust me sure. but uh but I yeah do. but um you know, I, and, and, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart that uh, to all the, the Mr. Retailers out there, I want to help you guys. I want to help you make money. It makes yeah. me look good. It makes you look good. It's yeah. like, you know, so um, so I'm not in it to, you know, try to push a product that's not going to sell down your throat. So, it, you know, basically that that's the game for me is that the more space, the more monster we're pushing out. But fortunately for a retailer is. I'm taking that space away from lower selling SKUs and, and products that you just, and, and our margin, we keep, I keep them. So it's basically, that's the name of the game is, is the more space. Meanwhile, we have a million SKUs, not a million. It's exactly. By SKUs, do you mean like different flavors? Yeah. So, so they refer to the SKUs like this, this is an SKU. Like, so we call it instead of, yeah, flavors. So. Uh, maybe I'm just getting too industry term, but uh, yeah. So um, basically, and then if we have, say, the new strawberry lemonade comes out, yeah. and we have one facing of that, that facing gets lost. So to have one facing of something, it they all look the same. So we try to get two facings of everything. So now you're talking about a lot of space. So ultimately, uh, and my argument for people is you're dealing with the number one and the number two. By the way, energy number one category in all yeah. cold vaults, all yeah. cold vaults these days. Yeah. So energy is the new soda. Yeah. So if you're dedicating a door to, I'm going to say the competitor, I'm going to say Pepsi because you shouldn't be giving them a door. But no. if, if you're going to be, um, if you're going to be dedicating a door to Pepsi, why are you doing that? Because now you're taking the, the number seven yeah. and eight selling thing out the door. Nobody drinks soda anymore. No. So it's a real easy 
It's not, I don't even consider it a sell. It's a, it's yeah. a real, it's like a real easy. Uh, you're just giving help. them the, the, it's like you're giving yeah. them the facts. You're like, look, yeah. this is the facts. This fucking yep. sells. You're going to make money off of it. It's not yep. going to be tough. We're going to hook you up with some shit and people are going to buy the fucking thing. Right. Yep. Yep. Do, you, do you notice too? Like, I mean, as far as like the stuff, like, I mean, so when you're saying facing, or do you mean like, like, cause you know, when you put the, when you put them in the cooler, they're facing the window. So like, you're saying like different rows facing the, the glass, right? Yeah. Rows. So, so think about it as rows. So, so you can think about it as shelves and you can probably mm-hmm. get 10 facings on a shelf, but, yeah. um, but it's, it's really comes down to each individual facing. Cause sometimes yeah. you're dealing with cold vaults that have two doors and it's really, yeah. then it's a dog. So every, right every yeah. row means everything. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. And I've been resetting. So resetting a door would be like, I convince, uh, you know, the retail, or actually we just decide together that uh, you don't need this much Pepsi. And I go, I'm taking four shelves from Pepsi. Now I'm going to move their other four shelves down here to a less visible spot. Let's give Monster the best spot, the best visibility. I've been resetting doors like that. And I will do it immediately. I will get dirty. I don't care. I'm like, let's get it done now. Because if I wait... So when I, I've had Pepsi walk in while I'm doing that, and I literally puff like, my fucking, chest out. You want to no, do I, something? I'll like, put you in no, I'm really, no. yeah. <laughs> gonna lose my belt if we keep it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're gonna take it back. No way. <laughs> waving it around. Um, but uh, they, uh, yeah. So so I literally get that set. I mean, we're obviously not going to brawl, but it's, I think it's Dude, just it's an alpha male, man. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. guys were competitors and now I'm screwing up their shit and they got to take a picture of what, what it is now. And their boss knows what it looked like last time. And yep. it just makes them. So it is, sometimes it's a little bit of a dog fight. It never gets into, um, uh, like I'll tell an you, altercation, but, yeah, but like, I will, I, I will, I will tell you. So I'm the nicest guy. Listen, we're, we're all just trying super- to sell- Super We're, nice yeah. guy. Yeah. I don't no. need to say it more, but yeah, no, no I will. To, I'll try to convince Justin. <laughs> Just, Justin's a little iffy on me, yeah. but uh, so, so, um, but, but in general I am, but um, I'm also a jokester. So when I see the Red Bull guys, those guys hustle, they're around all the time, yeah. but I, I'll always say, what's up guys. How's your day going? Cause we're all just selling. We're all right. just selling, right. you know, energy. Yeah. Um, but the C4 guy walked in once. I swear if you could make these guys, like you had an image, his shirt, he's wearing a medium shirt, jacked up, C4 energy drink, right? And you couldn't have, like, gave me a better sales guy. I don't see these guys that often, but he walks back as I'm doing something, and I go, and he's bringing some cases back, and I was like, I was like, hey, I was like, the owner, straight face, tough. I'm like, hey, the owner, the retailer says, take that shit out of here. And he thought we were going to scrap. And I literally, like most guys know I'm fucking around. Obviously we're all selling energy, but he looked, he like me, medium shirt. He goes, what do you say to me? I go, I go, he said, take that out of there. I'm kidding, buddy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So we joke about the C4 guys are all, are all, you know, all fucking roided <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, they were all roided. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so. Do you so, see a lot of women in the, in your field? And like, if yes, are they like, I mean, come on, dude, if you're fucking Sammy, the deli salami guy, you yeah, know, yeah. it's going to be tough so, to turn down, you know, good looking tuna coming in. You know what I mean? So we, unfortunately in Philly, 
we are going dude strong here. We have not <laughs> had a woman step up to the plate in Philly, but you get out to, we get to the warmer climates. We get to, I mean, across the uh, country, there are a lot of women in the field uh, and, and hardworking girls yeah. and women that, um, yeah. so, so I think as a company, we try to get more women into this position. There yeah. is a little physical component of it, but in oh, general, you're like hauling, like you're hauling cases. cases. I mean, oh. you got to be able to carry a case. There's a little, so, yeah. um, in general, we actually, I was told we have a 60 something year old woman still in my position. Uh, Fuck yeah. I forget where she is, but she's a hammer. I don't know if she, but, um, Fucking but it's a great company. Ass. Yeah. So, so I think, I think, um, in when general, you, they yeah. fare pretty well, but there's also yeah. something to being, you know, I go, I sell to seven 11s. I sell to one toughest. I mean, toughest. Yeah. And, and as a, sometimes as a woman, I don't want to generalize, but I think they, those kind of the culture, it's not that, uh, I don't know cultures that well, but sometimes being a woman is not really regarded as it's a detriment, the, the yeah. authority. Yeah. So, so I think, I think, whereas, um, Listen, it's great to be a woman and, no. uh, you know, especially a probably it's probably and, the you know, fucking best. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I have friends that that are just do that and they're great in sales for that. Yeah. You know, they also bring something to the table besides their looks. But it's uh, yeah. but yeah, it is helpful. But then at times in this business, it's like you're dealing with um, sometimes it could be detrimental. But yes, we do have mm-hmm. women in the field and they kill it and they're great. And uh, when you when you're filling a sleeve, right, or uh, facing, right. Yeah. What like it's usually like do you tell the the store and you're like okay pick two flavors or whatever depending on the number of rows you have or you're like hey I can put a variety pack here and see what hits or like what are you doing? Who's the expert, me or the owner? I would say you. Yeah, so I'm gonna tell him. Yeah, you're gonna I be mean, like, gonna, look, these yeah. you want? Do you want to sell monster or you want to have up here what looks pretty? You want to sell fucking monster? Yeah. Put these fucking flavors in because they're the hottest fucking flavors out right now. Yeah. So as confident as I am that I'm an expert at with monster energy and energy as a whole, I also am very conscious that the retailer who's owned that store for 30 years is also an expert on his customers. Yeah. So they will give me that a lot of the times like like uh, I mean, I'll take out one of our flavors. I'm going to I'm going to substitute flavor for skew. So, I mean, you know, but I'm going to take out one of our flavors and uh, because it's not a seller. It's a dog everywhere. And, and you don't have a lot of space. I'm not going to order you that one, but he'll say, I got this one guy and he comes in twice a week and buys five of them. I'm going to listen to the guy. And yep. some of those guys, uh, you know, it's just, so I'm kind of working with them, but I also, you give me a, you list, give me a chance. You're going to see huge uh, profits. Then there's all, also a lot of guys, unlike me that don't pay attention to their money or their yeah. numbers. Yeah. And those are the worst. Cause I can't, I cannot tell them, I cannot give them numbers and, and try to convince them that this is the right move number wise. Cause they just don't care their yeah. cash. They just don't care. They're happy doing what they're doing and they don't yeah. really don't want to change it up. And, yeah. Yeah. They don't really inventory. They don't want to look at profit margin and see that they'll be made. You know, they just don't care. And then I just walk out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you going <laughs> to do? Not yeah. everybody's. A, yeah. So some people are just great. fed up. So nice, man, dude, I'll tell you what, that was pretty fucking awesome. And well, I know we're coming to the top of time and I did want to yeah. say this, right. I know we didn't get to talk about the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as much as we wanted to. Don't worry. But don't worry. But I just want to say that, 
fucking I've, I've seen your growth in the gym and I can't tell you how proud I am of you because it is tough and it's a rough room there. Right. So I know we've joked about your purple belt a couple of times on the show, but it's something you should be very proud of. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication to get that far. And there's a lot of people that don't have the gumption or the guts to, to stick with it and do it. And you should be very proud of yourself. And I'm very proud of you to see the gains that you make, you know, and just think, you know, I just think, man, you know, you're going to be a Brown before you know it. And then you're going to be fucking running the show, man. And that's how and you're going to be tapping dental bill. And that's the name of everyone's game. You know what I mean? No one taps dental bill. No, no, no one, one taps. Dental no bill. one. I'll tell you this. And we've talked, I talked about him. We had Padilla on uh, last week, right? I know I'm and, honored to be following him. Yeah. That's and uh, we had talked yeah. about how like, People don't understand what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has done. Where it's like, if you see a guy out, you like, if you see a guy out, you just don't know anymore. And Dental Bill is the perfect example of he's this fucking goober-looking fucking guy. And I love, dude, I love Dental Bill to death. He's my fucking guy. But he's a fucking goober. There's no way around it. But this guy will fucking knock you out or tap you out in ten fucking seconds. And he's a fucking, he's a dentist. He's a dentist. <laughs> no darn it, right? But he can fuck like if you get fucking slick with him, he's gonna put your ass down hard. And he's like, and he's one of the he's one of those guys like he comes to every class, he doesn't miss, and he goes hard when he's there. And he's like, like he's you know he was a goob at the beginning, but now he's legit like one of the toughest guys in the gym. And he's fucking toughest. he's fucking Daniel Bell. He's fucking yeah. Daniel Bell, right? <laughs> so, but yeah. So I just want to let you know, very proud of you, man. And I'll tell you what, dude. Thank this you. This is this has been a fucking a killer show. And I know me and Justin are usually on the same page with this, but if you'd be willing to, we would love to have you back on the show. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me to do shrooms. With <laughs> Justin, <laughs> we, do, we can do I, shrooms I, next time you come on the show, guys. I, I, I'm available to you. Let me tell you, I had such a great time that I really thought that I forgot that. So I really thought that you were going to be like, listen, I, I'm pretty sure Justin's on the same page, but we really want to hang out with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we really want to grab hey, a beer dude, and land that, next week. Now dude, I'm like, that, that too. Yeah, we'll get I mean, some I'm honored, scissors. I'm honored. We'll do the whole thing. I would be hey, you bring some monster. I'll bring some scissor. We'll get, yeah. it, buddy. Dude, we'll get the, we'll get the up and the down. And oh, just keep going really back and forth. Up, up, yeah. up and down, yeah. down, down. Yeah. yeah. No. So but, anyway, yeah, yeah, man, I'm, a, I, I'd love to be back. I think there's a lot we didn't cover. Yeah. Uh, agree. Cause I like to talk and we, you know, yeah. it's great. Dude, um, we, I would love so, to get you. Cause aren't you competing soon in BJJ? In BJJ? I would. Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting back into it a hundred percent. So I would love uh, to yeah. have, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. I would love to have, you know, we could talk about your competition and whatever we can just, just love to have you back on, man. I knew yeah. this was going to be a good fucking show and you, you know, it was, it was better than we could have dreamed of. So <laughs> good, be good. Be before we get out of here, is there anything you'd like to say to your adoring fan base before we take off? Yeah, I'd like to end on this because I've always wanted to. Um, can I give a quote? Is that all right? Do, hey, dude, yeah. floor is this, 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 uh, this quote is from a, um, a wrestler, Thompson High, 1985, 190-pounder who dropped 22 pounds to wrestle a guy named Shoop. And here it is. Cooch was right. It was a vision quest. But all I settled for was we're born to live and then to die. And we each got to do it in our own way. And I guess that's why you're going to love it like there's no tomorrow. Because when you get right down to it, there isn't. Fucking A. Fucking A. Justin, do you got anything to say to top that? I do, I do not. 
There, there is no top in that. This There's has been no another. This has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. Join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. I'm Matt Lavelle. He's Justin Richardson. Our guest today was Aaron Fucking Rosenthal. Fucking loud and swaying us on the way out of here. All right, thanks for listening. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See ya. Oh yeah. See Fucking hey. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott Bell Publishing, where the authors go.